This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites. A no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 177. Still not sure how I'm going to survive the next 48 hours. My name is Nick Howell. And leaving the door wide open for my Pick'ems competition on Sunday, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. My God, Nick. My God. It has been a a week. What a week (laughs) of wrestling. What a week of the graps. Holy crap, and it's not over yet because we got two, two major WWE pay-per-views this weekend, TakeOver War Games and Survivor Series on Sunday. Check your pulse, kids, because it's just coming, it's coming fast and furious, and we gotta go, we've got to talk about AEW today, Nick. We have to talk about NXT's go-home show to both TakeOver and Survivor Series, and SmackDown, which also went home to Survivor Series. And when I say it was, it was madness. It was chaos. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. It was the only thing missing was staying in the rafters, and that was it. And oh my Jesus Lord. Christ! <laughs> I I have to say it was one of the most breathtaking weeks in professional wrestling in my memory. At least, I mean, I could go hyperbolic and say the last twenty years. Ooh. Like I could, I could, I could reasonably make an argument. Let's see if they land that, the plane week, first before we get that far. <laughs> I'm just saying in terms of weekly television. Yeah. You know, and, and a, a big part of that is the fact that AEW put on a damn solid show this yep. week. If if NXT and main roster WWE hadn't been going home to a pay-per-view, I don't know if their television would have been quite as nuts as it was. But... The, that's the thing is like if you look at AEW's level of quality and say that was like the least exciting show of the week, that's madness. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I'm saying. How spoiled are we? Is what I would say. And New Japan's got the tag league going on. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We are so spoiled with wrestling right now. Uh, but Nick, we have we have so much to discuss today. So 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 much to discuss on this show. And once this show ends, we've got our our patron mailbag episode to do and tons of questions today from what you tell me so guys if you are watching us live on youtube stick around for that because that's going to be a great episode and then as soon as that's done nick <laughs> as soon as that's done 
It's time for the pre-show for TakeOver. It's going to be nonstop. And then it's TakeOver non-stop. War Games. Like, we're, we're here, guys, for the next, uh, what are we looking at? Probably eight hours between the pre-show. <laughs> like, we're, it's all yeah. wrestling all night from here on out, and I couldn't be happier about it. But well, uh, the first you. thing and I want to do your is... Gotta, your, your boy got to go to work afterwards, but... Well, that's your problem, but anyway. Yeah, I, I, thanks. <laughs> thanks, pal. Well, how about we make it your problem and you tell us all of the housekeeping stuff that we need to know to get involved with this show. All right, all right. Well, you definitely want to be over in the Facebook discussion group tonight because that's where you're going to find links to our Discord server where we're going to have live chats going on all over the place. But to get into that, head over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, uh, and just like our page and click the little join link for our discussion group and you can get in there and you'll see the the post pinned at the top. It's also pinned over at the top of our Twitter account, which is the same as our Instagram account, and that's at BWO Podcast. So you can get in there to get into the Discord for the live chat for TakeOver War Games tonight and Survivor Series tomorrow, as well as all the shows throughout the week. They can all go. Uh, you can all chat in there throughout the week, real time. Spoilers abound, right? So just be sure you're in the right channel and you don't want to be spoiled because we're doing our best to keep those out of the group all weekend. Sheriff McDonald oh is on the case, oh and Lord. you don't want to mess up, mess with Sheriff McDonald. I promise you. No. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, well, not last, but you can find us live streaming here on YouTube throughout the week, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll also be doing, as Ian said, our patron mailbag at about 5 p.m. Eastern. Whenever we wrap this show up, we jump right into that one. So it's our new dedicated series for those that uh, haven't been listening for a while. Um, we used to do listener questions in the show. We've now broken it out into its own dedicated series right here on YouTube where you can watch and hear us listen qu- or answer questions from our patrons. Uh, but it's a dedicated format where we get to spend more time doing so. Speaking of which, if you'd like to get your questions in for that show, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. You just need the $5 a month tier if you want to do that. $5. As well... As if you want to get in on our BWO Patron Pick'ems Challenge for Survivor Series tomorrow. There's still time. The picks are not due until 5 p.m. tomorrow on Sunday because we got to wait till the very last minute because who knows what's going to happen tonight? It'll take over. <laughs> we just don't know yet. So we want to wait and finalize before everybody submits. Yeah, so. we, don't, we don't know. There are probably going to be some last-minute matches getting announced. Yep. Uh, we're pro- we don't know what Team NXT is yet for the men. So... Yeah, there's some last minute stuff we gotta we gotta set in stone here. Yes, before we do that last that l- the last sheet. So right now it's a worksheet. Get yourself prepped, but it's no. It might be some last minute changes, and you have until start time tomorrow to yes. get it into poor poor Nick, who's running all of this thing. Uh, well, I mean, you're helping too, but at the same time, if you want to get in on that, guys, patreon.com slash BWO, that's the place to do it. You just need to be in the $5 tier or higher. Uh, certainly, you get sweet swag and bonus episodes and all Skype calls and all kinds of good stuff at the higher tiers, but the minimum requirement is the $5 tier. Ian, we have to ask, we have plenty of questions to talk about with Survivor Series, but there's something else that happened this week that was kind of a first for us. And to talk about that, we need to head over and talk about the big news. Oh, Jim Cornette. Oh, Jim Cornette. Well, Nick, you know, last week we mentioned that things were afoot over in NWA. Mm-hmm. And it turns out we were not wrong. Uh, good old Jim Cornette got himself in hot water again. This time for making a a reference on the show. 
And to be clear, it's one he's made multiple times in the past. And I guess it originated in the 80s during the uh, the Great Famine in Ethiopia. And that was, uh, he made a reference to a wrestler being able to uh, ride across Ethiopia on a motor scooter with a basket full of fried chicken. Um, all the way, you know, the idea being that no one would mess with him. I think that was the the, the point. But suffice it to say... Still not any not less take, insulting for that matter. No, people didn't take it so good. Uh, what played in the 80s doesn't play these days. And uh, he was fired slash he quit NWA earlier this week. Uh, uh, Tuesday night, I guess. So uh, he also, by this, by this, by today, he's also been on his own podcast to explain his side of the story. Uh, apparently, David Lagana called him uh, Tuesday night and said everything was fine. Uh, and when he woke up in the morning on Wednesday, uh, David Lagana called him again and uh, said everything was not fine. Well, yeah, apparently said something to the effect of these AEW fans, or he called them cosplay fanboy contingent. They're, they blew up Twitter, and they're calling for your head. And uh, said that people described the quote as some weird bestiality thing. I don't know where he got that Maybe from. Maybe he's into furries. I don't I, know. You know Nothing people, wrong with that. That's your hey, thing. You know? No judgment. No judgment about no. that. Uh, but apparently, uh, David said, yeah, you know, it's a tape show. It got right by me. Uh, but David Lagana apologized for it, and Jim said, you shouldn't have apologized for it. And Jim, by the way, to this, to this, until right now, still non-apologetic, um, and says that uh, he created the Ethiopian joke in the 80s when Ethiopia was in the mainstream news, and everyone at that time was making Ethiopian jokes. He says that a bucket of fried chicken is more funny than a hamburger or a plate of sushi. The visual of a tough guy on a motorcycle is funny as well, as starvation is a hilarious topic, according to Jim Cornette. Uh, he said he's, he, he, he actually questioned if it was in fact racist and if it was, why no one in NWA pointed it out to him and no one in production called him out about the joke. Um, so that's where we're at with, with Jim Cornette. He's no longer with NWA. He is unapologetic, which is not surprising to me at all. No. Lagana, Lagana also seems to be, uh, a little bit kind of nonchalant about the whole thing and, and thinks it's not a big deal. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not my or your place, Nick, to determine whether or not this joke is racist uh, or offensive. I certainly just my my initial take was it was in pretty bad taste and probably does not going to play well in 2019. But that's just, you know, that that's just where I'm sitting in front of this microphone on this show. I'm not, you know, at the at the announcer desk for NWA. Now, obviously, there's there's more levels to this as well. Um, you know, why did it get by David Lagana? Well, we did post last week that interesting little factoid that I found online where Lagana posted a link to what was apparently a, um, like a white supremacist screed and then took it very quickly down. So I'm not sure where his head's at uh, in terms of this, where it got by him maybe because it wasn't something that would be on his radar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's no confirmation there. And I've tweeted at him saying, you know, hey, do you want to explain that? And he hasn't gotten back to me, which, you know, it's Twitter. I don't expect him to. Right. But um, but so here's the, here's I guess where we're where we're at now is um, what's next with Cornette? Like, is he just going to go on being angry wrestling grandpa? What's next with NWA? Are they going to see any blowback from this beyond what they've already received? Uh, will this be kind of swept under the rug? Uh, you know, what where do you think we're at with this now, Nick? Um, I don't I don't know if it'll be swept under the rug or forgotten, but I think um, 
there's a loose phrase where they they'll say they they cut the cancer out. You know, right. they'll they you know I think at a certain point you get past that and things can move forward. So I I don't know. Listen, we've we've said good things and positive things on this show about Jim Cornette. And we, I think we've been fair about that. The things we like and the things we don't like. And Jim, you know, th- take it how you want. You know, I'm I'm from North Carolina. I came up on Smoky Mountain. Uh, I was a fan of yours. You know, I've been a fan of yours. But you say some heinous shit sometimes, dude. And you know, you, it, this one bit you. And as the problem bit, is, as it's and, bitten and you would, in the past. He so. would come back at you right away and say it's his job. He's a heel announcer. Fine. Um, and I guess what I guess to append what you were saying is times change. Yeah. And the things that you know, he he and the Midnight Express were revolutionary back in the eighties when they were doing their thing. Like they were doing stuff that the old timers at the time were saying you can't do that. Yeah. And Breaking glass. I get it. Some of the some of the play calls he was making in those days were were, you know, pushing the pushing limits, pushing the boundaries. And frankly, some of the things that will play in Carolina wouldn't play on the coast. Fair. You couldn't run that line in the '80s on the coast, and guess what? That's expanded. Like you can't you can't run that line now anywhere. Times change, things evolve, and and not doesn't not necessarily to do with uh, people being overly sensitive. You know, it's I mean it does partly, but at the same time, it's also just about concern for your fellow human being. And sometimes certain jokes that, that you know, if this is a topical reference to an Ethiopian famine from the '80s. Maybe people won't get the famine reference now, and all they'll hear about is the fried chicken and go, whoa, dude, that's, you know, you can't say that. So, again, it's just, it's someone being stuck in a time period, you know, and not being able to see where we're at now. Yep. You know, is it it my fault? No, it is the kids that are wrong. I think I'm more concerned concerned that apparently Lagana is the only gatekeeper to content getting out. You, you, so basically, you're telling me Lagana is the yeah. only one that's screening content before it goes up. There's you, you're editing well, it yourself. There's nobody in your production truck. There's you don't have any editors that are paying attention to this kind of stuff. You don't have assistant and associate producers that are focusing this and pre-screening this stuff before it gets uploaded to YouTube and then before it goes live and premieres. You don't have people watching it there for quality. Con- Cornette Horse said that there was a no. Cornette said that the whole production it got by all the production. Lagana was just taking the heat on himself as being the final final say, from what it seemed like to me. But at the end of the day, this is very reminiscent of the Jordan Miles ACH thing, isn't it? There's yeah. no one in upper management who would cat. And like we said, it's not for us as two white guys to be offended by this because the people that are going to be offended by it are going to say. I'm offended by this, or I'm not offended by this, are the ones that are targeted by this particular statement. Yeah. And that's not us. We're neither Ethiopian. <laughs> We're none of that, right? So it's, but there's no one in that company to say, hey, this is inappropriate. Uh, so, yeah, why not? Why isn't there someone along that line who could have been like, uh, Mr. Cornette, maybe we shouldn't be saying that line or just cut it out? You can say it all you want, but we're going to cut it out because it's, it's inappropriate in this time and age. So. so it'll be interesting to see what happens, what develops with NWA over the course of the next few weeks. Let's see how they continue to push content out. How, do we get NWA power as we have normally come to expect now for the last six or seven weeks? I hope so. I, I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, this is that one thing where hopefully they fixed the problem. They, they greased the squeaky wheel 
and yep. things can move forward. And that's my biggest hope for it because the return to studio wrestling and the old throwback vibe of that show has a lot of people on their tippy toes and excited and about wrestling. And it's a mm-hmm. big throwback to what we grew up on. So I really hope it doesn't hit them too hard and that we can move forward on that. Yeah, so I'm loving the awesome. product they're putting out. Uh, if I had a suggestion, just, you know, instead of calling it power four R's, have it just power with three R's and just drop that last R for racism. And now moving on, Nick, we have a ton to talk about on the rest of the show. Let's head over and talk about AEW. Well, as you said at the top of the show, AEW was a, uh, uh, listen, if this was the, 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 the baseline of the week, it right. was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, we have so much to talk about to prepare for TakeOver War Games tonight and Survivor Series tomorrow with what went down on NXT and SmackDown. Uh, I, I feel bad that we have to rush, and I don't want to say get AEW out of the way, but it was gotta, so good still. We got to get, get AEW out of the way, and it was really good. We ha- it started off with Phoenix versus Nick Jackson, two guys who have been uh, who have worked. I mean, Phoenix we've seen work solo before, but these guys these yeah. are tag team guys in AEW, and they had a solo match to open the show, and it was nuts. They were flying all over the place, doing all kinds of crazy things to each other. Uh, do you like? Do we like how they're using tag team guys as singles wrestlers from time to time? Yes, because they told me a story. They told me that uh, Matt Jackson got hurt. We got power bombed through the stage. They told me a story. This was uh, Phoenix coming out to uh, show how much better he was and that the Lucha Bros deserved a chance. Like, they told us all this stuff. I'm totally yeah. fine with this. When it happens in WWE just because and there's no story and there's no reason, that's where I have a problem with it. But this was totally – this was fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of fun. Great way to open the show and – for a match that, you know, what's funny is this seemed like kind of a secondary or tertiary thing on the show, and yet it was a fantastic match. So and that's that's what we're talking about. This week was so quality across the board, you know, aside from a couple of, of nitpicks I have about SmackDown, which are the same nitpicks I always have about SmackDown. Like, this, is, this was just an incredible week. Uh, and it started off with this. We next had Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker, the two top women in the in the women's division, facing off to see who was number one. And Shida pulled out the win. I was surprised by that. So I guess looks like Hikaru Shida is next up for a title shot against Riho, which I think is really smart as well. Do you think Britt Baker should be getting the next title shot, or should it be Shida? Uh, I think it should be Shida. You need a heel to go get it off of Riho. So you can't have Britt Baker go up and, and you know, it doesn't work with a face-face dynamic so much. You need both of them to get cheered. You need so you both calling, of them to get supported. Are you saying Shida's going to take the belt? Oh, I, well, we won't know until January 15th when, when we, we, we did finally find out when. I've been asking the question for a couple of weeks. Do we know when uh, the next thing was going to be? Uh, yes, it got announced. Bash at the Beach is going to be a nine-day affair, January middle of January, including Dynamite, including the pay-per-view, including the Jericho Cruise in January. So, yeah, lots of stuff coming. I don't really know... Uh, there's a lot of mixed feelings out there is what I wanted to say about Brit, Dr. Britt Baker. And I tend to lean still on the positive side of that, but all, with a little bit of tempering of she got some little bit of work to do. Yeah. But I have, I'm skeptically optimistic that she can get there. So I, uh, we'll I am see. too. It, there's definitely a lot that that's good to work with there and it's a little rough around the edges, but there's, there's a lot that's good. That's there. Um, <laughs> I think she'd be a better wrestler if she wasn't spending a large amount of her time being an actual goddamn dentist yeah. and running a business. 
Like, that's insane. The amount of time this woman has to be out there doing stuff, and I don't know when she sleeps, and just all the props to that. And anyone who wants to undercut her for that is out of their minds. But, um, but you know, that's I, I will say this is like any roughness I see in her her wrestling, I always just go, well, yeah, she's a dentist. She doesn't have right. 24 hours a day to, to think wrestling. So I do forgive a lot when it comes to Dr. Britt Baker. But again, it, you know, even with that being said, she's really good, uh, you know, like, except for the rough around the edges bit. I'll echo this, what, I, what I've said before about the women's division in AEW right now. They need... They need a stalwart. They don't have someone who's become, who's going to be the centerpiece yet of the women's division in AEW. They need a Tessa Blanchard like she's a, she is an impact. They need a yeah. Charlotte Flair or a Becky like they have in WWE. They they haven't established who that is yet. And frankly, looking at the roster, I don't see one yet. Yeah. So they, that's where they I think they're going to struggle until they have a. Ha, what was you saying last week? Until they have a dragon to slay. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, Awesome Kong is looking like it's going to be that, but still hasn't really been established yet. So, fingers yeah. crossed they'll figure that out. Agreed, and and they are figuring some other things out. They figured out. Uh, I think they got a good foot up on the Dark Order. Finally, they gave them a video package about like how they recruit their little cult guys. This was so good, dude. I, this is what I've been saying they needed for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like, define what they are. Give like a us a Scientology about, promo. <laughs> give us a story about the Dark Order. Tell us what they are, as opposed to just you know having them be come out and be weird and lose. Like you can lose as long as we understand what's going on, and that's what they did here was give us the story of the Dark Order, um, or at least a better insight into what they are and how this all works. So that was that was a really good um, little bit of business, and it wasn't much. It was just a little video package, you know. In a, in a what it's like a, about a guy riding the subway and being disrespected and like do you need to something different in your life yeah so it was it was great um, and I, I think they needed that uh, we also had uh, something else to find for us this week as we had a battle royale mm. to determine who's getting the new ring now I don't know if the ring is going to be their equivalent of like an intercontinental belt or like a mid mid card title or whatever you want to call it. But they are going to be having this ring that's going to be given out next week to the two last men standing from this battle royale this week. And, um, man, I'm not sure how to even attack this battle royale because it was it was pretty nuts. And we had a lot of very surprising eliminations, including uh, Chucky e. T eliminating Pentagon Jr. like right at the start. Pentagon Jr. goes out right at the beginning, knocked out by Chucky e. T of all people. Uh and we, Jimmy Havoc was running around shooting people in the head with a staple gun. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, there was a whole bunch of madness. MJF eliminating uh, Orange Cassidy. Billy Gunn coming out. Billy Gunn being a part of the match and getting an enormous, enormous pop and looking great. The moment uh, with Sonny Kiss and Mr. Ass in the middle of the Royale. I, I, mwah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then MJF interrupting it and throwing Sonny Kiss out. And that started the beef between... Billy Gunn and MJF, and I'm interested to see where that's going to end up going. So, I think this was all a bit of a showcase. Uh, Orange Cassidy getting eliminated as well, and then Billy saying that's two. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's twice you've done that to me. So yep. this was a lot of fun, but I think it was a showcase for to to debut Billy Gunn. Basically, he's yep. a big, big dude. In case you forgot how <laughs> big that dude is, he's a he's a big man, and I love the fact that uh, the Wardlow was in there too, who's also 
a big, big dude. The first time we actually saw some action from Wardlow, what did you think of him? I think he's going to be your future favorite guy in uh, AEW myself. He, he might if be. I know you. Yeah. He, he might be. <laughs> I'm just saying. 100, 177 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm able to predict it by now when Nick likes somebody. They big and meaty. Nick's going to like them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look like a roadie for, for, uh, uh, for a metal band. Yeah, Nick's going to like them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, looks like, looks like, looks like I, he's I been identify on some, with that. Yes, looks like he's been on some Machine Head tours. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, so it, it comes down to at the end, at the final, the, at the end of all of it, we had a, a, a kind of a similar elimination to what we saw. What a double or nothing, where MJF hadn't actually been eliminated, um, so he was actually able to to toss out the second to last guy, and then it was him and and uh, Hangman Page. So MJF and Hangman Page will face off next week for this ring. Mm. Who? do you think's taking that one who should have this ring mjf of course i yeah enough said uh i like the fact that hangman is still you know involved in a lot of these upper card feuds but mjf needs the he needs that grist right now yep and that's going to just give him a whole lot to work with so uh looking forward to that the finals of that next week chris jericho chris jericho also came out to cut a little bit of an in-ring promo Talked about how last week as the show went off the air and he got pinned by Scorpio Sky. Uh, he threw a little bit of a tantrum. And uh, he uh, he couldn't quite say he was sorry during this little bit here, Nick. So he just had Jake Hager, who was standing next to him, say sorry whenever he needed to say sorry. which was Brilliant. Yeah, that's fun, fun stuff. Um, the kind of stuff like this is why you let Chris Jericho do his own creative because he's money. He's freaking money. Uh, but, uh, he said he's going to have a Thanksgiving celebration next week as when they go to Chi Town. Uh, they were in Indianapolis this week. They're in Indy. So right up this, right up the street from where they were this week. Um, and then as he was about to say goodnight, who should come out? A CU comes out to the ring. And they basically trick Chris Jericho. A little reverse giving, psychology here. Yeah, into giving Scorpio Sky a title shot next week. This was so fun. Oh, my. Oh, my. Scorpio Sky getting a title shot within a month and a half of AEW kicking off. I'm glad they see some, some goodness in Scorpio Sky because that boy is a hidden massive talent. And I'm, I'm glad to see he's getting some look here. I don't know if yes. it's gonna, you know, how long it's gonna play out in the long term, but at least in the short term, it's really cool. He's getting this title shot. Uh, they end up getting the SCU gets gets handcuffed and beaten down for the rest of this uh, bit, and then they get saved by the Jurassic Express at the very end, uh, which ended with Luchasaurus and Jake Hager having a face down, uh, stare down, and Jake Hager backing off. <laughs> I so Nick, what did you think about? So we're seeing a little bit here how. You've got Inner Circle. You've got Jurassic Express and some of their like, you know, ancillary guys. You've got uh, uh, the Elite. So you have a couple of different factions. You've got pretty well-defined good guys and bad guys. You have some like guys who are out there on their own, like Sean Spears and John Moxley, uh, Darby Allen. How do you? How are you liking how the dynamics of this whole roster is playing out? It's developing, and and I love it. And I want to let it marinate, let it percolate, let it just. Just sit back. Just let it happen. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. We don't have to pick this apart too hard. They're figuring stuff out. Uh, we're establishing our first 
sort of evolution of factions, heel and face. I mean, all of this is fantastic. Let it happen. That's the that's my only advice. I like what they're doing. I like everything that's going on. I, I don't really have a lot of critiques. I like who is a singles rebel, almost mercenary-esque in Darby Allen and Moxley and, and Sean yeah. Spears. That's kind of what they feel like. And I love that. Like they will do anything just for the fight or for the title or for the opportunity or whatever it is. They don't need to be aligned to anybody. They're hired guns. Yeah. But the factions, the people that do need the support of factions, like a Sammy Guevara, like a Jake Hager, uh, like a Luchasaurus, right? Or a Marco Stunt, right? They need those factions, so they're in factions. It's all all really well done. And I'm just I'm having a blast watching AEW. Yeah. I'm my, like, yeah. They they haven't made a, a a bad step yet, in my opinion. Other the women's division is a little iffy. Nothing major. Every, no, it's not, yeah. it's not that's not even a bad step. It's just not developed fully yet, is what I feel. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they haven't they haven't made any major major errors. No, I would agree, and I th- and I like the way that dynamics are playing out. Uh, speaking of Luchasaurus, he did have a squash match with Peter Avalon. He is massively over, and they seem to be aware of that, and that's great. I'm glad he's back and he's healthy. We had a match. Uh, Private Party had a, uh, a match against PNP, which I, what I'll call him right right now instead of saying the whole thing. Instead of saying uh, LAX, Santana and Ortiz, and uh, exactly. Come on, Conan. Come on, Conan. Help, help them. Um, this was interesting. Private Party beating PNP. I also, by the way, did did Nick and Matt Jackson book this match? Because Mark Quinn was basically working out of the Matt Jackson playbook, selling the back the whole match. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the Matt Jackson playbook. Sell the back. It's all about the back. Work his back. Uh, so, no, it was... But this was a really fun match, as you'd imagine. There was a couple of... There was one really weird... Almost finished. Um, I think if you know if we're going to talk about things that AEW is doing wrong, they got to clean up their refs. Right now, Aubrey's the only one who I don't think has had a major misstep yet. All the other refs have had a major misstep at some point. They they screwed yeah. up a match at some point. Um, so that yeah, I really and, and some of these refs like I love Rick Knox. He's a legend. Love him. But uh, they've got to they've got to you know settle the refs down. <laughs> Yeah, and get them working. I here. like that they they act. I like that they they cover their eyes when when a, when somebody gets hit really hard or somebody takes a bad bump or something. They they react. They cringe. I like that. I like that they're a part of the show as well. They're not just there as an official, right? They're human. They they they're they're involved in the match. So I like that dynamic of it. And is it different than what we've seen in WWE? Yeah, a little bit. But I'm okay with that. Frankly, I don't yeah. want, and again, I don't want to judge it too harshly because they're they're treading onto new ground here. They're trying some new things. I want to let them do that, and I don't want to be too too overly critical of it. But yeah, no, Rick, agreed. Rick, agreed. Rick take, but yeah, I, I was just going no, no. You're I'm agreeing with you. Like they, we shouldn't be too critical of it, but at the same time, if they're going to be presenting a more sports oriented product where the rules matter, the refs are actually the the thing that need to be working really well for that to work. Especially in tag uh, matches, you got having guys tagging in when they're inside the ring. You know what I am. What I am uberly over worried about, though, is not the refs, is the commentators. Oh, and, really? Yeah. So I am. I love Excalibur. We love Excalibur. PWG. But I, yeah, I, you need to get Taz in there a little bit more because I'm, wow, I'm, a little, I'm a little down on the other guys right now. Okay, so you're okay uh, with Excalibur, but Shivani's not doing it for you? Shivani's not doing it for me. J- JR is a little... Uh, he ain't JR from 1997 anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's getting a little... little. I mean, 
Shivani's doing a lot of the backstage stuff, like AEW Dark and hosting with Dasha now. They've brought in Dasha Fuentes yes. or Dasha Gonzalez, I should call her now. Yes. Um, I like that. So I would love to see JR doing some more special feature interviews and things like that for either YouTube or uh, you know any of their backstage programming. But I don't. I like. I need somebody that can go on commentary, like just yeah. bang, 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 and just there's a lag. Excalibur's yeah. up here. He's running at 100 miles an hour, and they're down here cruising at 60, and you can feel it, and it drags Excalibur down. He's he's yeah. not pulling a limb along with him. Yeah. So that's where I'm. That's where I'm feeling the right. most pain is the commentary desk in AEW. You are right. kind of right. J- Jr. is definitely a step behind. I think Shivani is is. Stepping down to JR's level two, I think he can still go, and I've heard him still go. I think if it was Giovanni and Excalibur, it'd be a different experience as well. And JR is still making some really good play calls. Um, you know, some like some of the play calls he's made on PNP where he goes, Those dirty bastards. Like it's <laughs> it's still some of that stuff's really like, you know, it gets me rips me right in the Goonies. I did I hear it. a legit good God almighty out of him yeah, the other day. Yeah, every <laughs> was once in awesome. a while. I was like, there, there he is. But yes, overall, his cadence is a little slower. He's having a harder time remembering who's who and picking up on stuff. He's he's a little, a little bit. I think I think you hit it on the head. He's a little bit uh, slower, and Excalibur is is trying to pull them forward, and they're pulling him down. And yeah, so mm, I hate uh, I hate to say I kind of agree with you on that, but uh, I'm not quite as down on it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before I get too depressed, let's move on and talk about oh, the one match. last thing oh, I need to call oh, out oh, and oh, say oh, hi oh, to oh. Uh, Private Party for and LAX, who I'll refer to them as. Suck it, Conan. Uh, the <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I'm going to call it LAX from now on. Just like War Machine, just like Dijak, it's LAX. All right. Uh, that continuated vertical suplex that went on for 27 minutes. That hold <laughs> that LAX had on, uh, oh God, I can never remember his name. Uh, Mark, not Quinn? Mon- Mark Quinn. I, Mark I always Quinn. want to call him Montez Ford. Mon- Mark old Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> but that vertical suplex hold and the tagging in and out, and uh, it's just beautiful. And yeah. they've done that before. We've seen him do that before, but it's it's always great when you see him do that over and over and over again. And yet uh, you don't mark out when Bobby Lashley does it and calls for the applause. No. No, because he's not tagging oh. in anybody for and doing it for anyway. Let's move on. We got lots to do to talk about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. John Moxley versus Darby Allen. We knew this was going to be a great match. We were not wrong. This was awesome. Fan freaking tastic. Another example of of why Darby Allen should be in AEW because they get him here and they get how to make him look like a guy who can step up to a dude who's got six inches on him. Pause. And uh, really pull off a match. And this was that. I mean, Darby Allen, again, like his match with Cody, just, I mean, he bumped like an absolute beast for John Moxley. He flying out of the ring before the belly went rang like a lawn dart. Yeah. And just shoulder hit him in the face. I rewound yeah. it and watched it frame by frame, and he hit his shoulder hit him, hit oh, Moxley just- right in the side of the head, and it was fast. He has to, that's how he has to wrestle when he's in there with these kinds of guys. And the fact that he knows that, the bookers know, the agents, whoever's putting this together knows we have to make this guy look like he is just suicidally trying to kill anyone he's in the ring with. That's the only way someone of his stature is going to work with this kind of gimmick. Brilliant. It, it totally works, and you believe that he could stand toe-to-toe. Maybe not toe-to-toe, but he could he could hang and not get pinned 
for a good while yeah. with a guy like Moxley. And I love all Even, the production value around him as well. The the p- putting himself in a body bag with his opponent's crowd name surfed. on it, crowd yeah. surfing and getting carried out and sat down and then comes out with his skateboard and skates yes. down there. Did you hear the crowd pop? Did of you see there were at least three to four people that had their faces half painted as well? Oh, there's a whole Darby bunch of Allen has Darby Allen's here, guys. And I was even, oh, yeah. I was a doubter initially as well. I'll ad- openly admit that, but I'm all on board the Darby Allen train until John Moxley comes out because then I got to I, I like yeah, yeah. I really <laughs> like John boy. Moxley. <laughs> right. That's the thing. This is two of the most probably popular guys on the roster right now, uh, and there's a lot of popular guys on this roster. But this, as far as like guys that fans are going to organically get behind, people that are going to pop through your TV. You know, I, I, I say this every week, but this is one of the shows that I get to play in my bar when I work because of when it's on and when I work and the bar that I'm at and, and you know, just the perfect storm. I get to actually put this on and gauge people's reactions, whether they're wrestling fans. And we do have some wrestling fans who are now coming in specifically to watch this. And we have a bunch of bunch of casuals, people who've never watched wrestling or watched it back in the day. Darby Allen is a guy that comes through that TV at people. Yeah, he does. And a lot of the younger people that are in the bar, people who are in their early 20s, uh, you know, are sitting there and they are loving them some Darby Allen. So, you know, it's it's working. It is working. And I think that uh, the, the sky is the limit from what I'm seeing right now. Uh, also, the sky was the limit when uh, John Moxley gave Darby Allen a paradigm shift from the second rope. Is it par- oh. Is it Death Rider? Is it Death? I don't know what it is. Is it's it Paradigm, paradigm Shift? Oh, okay. AEW's Paradigm Shift. Death Rider in. Uh, I, he in dropped Japan. that boy on his damn head from the second rope, yeah. and I, I think <laughs> I even texted you. Just, bah! I gave you a JR. Yo, you, you, bah, JR God! you JR texted me. <laughs> I don't even dead. know what it was. That man has a family. <laughs> I all I knew was that you were watching AEW and that you were somewhere on the Moxley match, and you just texted me. By God, he's dead. <laughs> I was like, you're at the end of the match, huh? He's okay, killed him. Man. He's killed. Oh God! <laughs> Somebody call the paramedics. Stop the damn match. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was a great finish. I mean, it looked like there's no way anyone's getting up for that, and sure enough, he didn't. He didn't move. Uh, no. <laughs> so a really solid episode of AEW, uh, and that's that was just, that was just the beginning. <laughs> that was the beginning of the week. It's only going to get crazier from here. We've got AEW Dark coming up next week. Trent Beretta versus Pentagon Jr. Wow. Awesome Kong versus Leva Bates. Oh, that has Shana. potential. Hello. You're right. Oh, hello. Shauna versus Big Swole. And Kenny Omega is defending his AAA Mega Campion title against Jack Evans. So dark, they're making dark must-see TV. Holy. Which is okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. So that is it for AEW, Nick. But let's not rest on our laurels. We have so much more to talk about, including Pickums. Oh, it's going to be a crazy rest of the show. So let's head on over and talk about what happened. Dear God in heaven on NXT. <laughs> I don't know if I've Brace got the stamina yourself. to make it to, for the rest of the show, guys. I'm just going <sighs> to. That was just AEW, right? Yeah. We haven't even started on what happened nope. on NXT, and here we go. Uh, Good God! The beginning of my note here says, utter goddamn madness as the best invasion of the season goes down in NXT. Was this the, okay, including the post-Saudi Arabia, when everyone was stuck in Saudi Arabia show of SmackDown, including that show, was this the best invasion show of the Survivor Series season? 
Yes. <laughs> I would agree. Of this season, hands down, without yeah. a doubt. It's yes. up there in the all-time conversation. Yeah. I want to be was, clear about that. My it's, God. It's really good. My Holy smokes. God. I mean, you know, I'm just going to run down yeah. a couple of things here. We and then we can just start picking pick, picking things apart because this was very light on plot. It was just a lot of, hey, here's a match. Invasion! Here's here's someone having having a promo. Invasion! Like there was the thing that the big criticism of this show, the only criticism I have of the show, Nick, is that there was very little build for takeover. It was pretty much all let's build for Survivor Series and the fact that NXT is their inaugural Survivor Series. Um, so that, you know, in that sense, it was a bit, that was a bit, um, I don't know. I was worried a little bit of, about NXT as a brand cause they're kind of losing their identity. They have a, their own pay-per-view they've got to build for. They didn't really. Um, and to say that this is such a great show, it's really not an average NXT episode. It's just, you know, a hot shotted piece of insanity. That being said, it was fun as hell. Beautiful uh, insanity. Yeah. So, you know, if we, if we look past that aspect of it it was just massively fun like if you turn off the little nitpicky side of your brain that goes man this isn't a normal nxt episode and <laughs> man they didn't build for takeover at all who cares? i who cares it's insanity the the show started off with william regal in the back hallway looking like william regal just mm, standing outside a door and who should walk through the door out of the i guess a locker room becky lynch Becky Lynch walks out of the door. William Regal gets a light little smile on his face and says, good to have you back. And Becky just kind of <laughs> stares at him, turns around, and the camera follows her. This is a great production t- thing here. Follows her as she st- walks down the hall, through the curtains, and out, out into the Full Sail Arena. No cuts. Just smooth, beautiful. I love that. I, whoever is in charge of production, who's ever doing that, that is good stuff. Yeah. It makes it feel organic. It makes it feel like it's in a, in a space, in a situation, in a place. I love that. Right out, huge ovation. She gets in the ring to cut a promo. Um, yeah, Nick, you know, last week we said, well, they'll have some people come out at NXT, but no one big. Boy, we're, I think I said that. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was no, I wrong. I, 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 I think we even said that they needed to do this. Yes. NXT because they it's mostly been NXT invading or the main roster catering division invading the main roster shows. We hadn't seen much happening on TV on NXT and it was the glaring hole, the giant hole in this entire build for everything. But they pulled it all back this week. They had everybody. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. Awesome, awesome on NXT this week. Rhea Ripley comes out after Becky's promo. Yes. Like I didn't I didn't think I would pop for that like I did, but I did. Oh, and we I, ended up I, getting with a match with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. Whoo! That, Rhea of course, Rip- got a no finish. Rhea, <laughs> no, there almost no matches had a finish on the right. show. Rhea Ripley's line, well, if you're the man, let's see if you got any balls. And then, okay, we're going to have a match. Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch. What? Uh, all right. All right. Cool. You're giving this in, away on TV? <laughs> yeah, well, Becky was there to, to, to uh, call out Shayna Baszler, but she didn't get Shayna Baszler. She got Rhea Ripley. But Shayna Baszler did come out at the end of the match to interrupt the what was a very nice match. They had a, some good stuff going on. Uh, Shayna comes out at the end with Jessamine and Marina to break it up, and, uh, and they get chased off. Becky and uh, Rhea stand tall. Good stuff. 
Next, after that, we go right into Kona Reeves, who's, by the way, looking pretty ripped. Boy's getting himself in some shape. Kona Reeves coming down the ramp, looking like the finest, prancing around, playing to the audience, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Ricochet, uh, picking up a book, a, a page from Randy Orton's book, comes out of nowhere and drop kicks him into oblivion. We never see Kona again. He's just dead. He 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 drop kicks him so hard that Kona evaporates, and then Ricochet gets in the ring. Kona, he just he just evaporates in a cloud of glitter, and then Ricochet is left alone in the ring, look you know getting a big welcome home round of applause. Well, Kona was supposed to have a match with Matt Riddle. And because he had uh, he had evaporated into the wild blue yonder, we ended up having a match between Ricochet and Matt Riddle, which, of course, right there. I had to remember to breathe. That was a, mm-hmm. no, no. Oh, okay. Okay. Lord have mercy. That was, I mean, talk about a match of cardio horses. PWG 2017, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, dude, holy crap. So we got a nice little taste of this beautiful Ricochet, Matt Riddle chemistry. But it doesn't end, of course. Another match that ends with a no, de- uh, no finish because Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura come in and break the whole thing up. This breaks down into some madness. Cesaro ends up getting tossed over the barricade, stands up, Ricochet gets on the top turnbuckle in the ring and does a splash from the ring over the barricade on Cesaro. They're gone. We never see them again because... Because Ricochet. They're they're both dead. Uh, (laughs) um, Although, this is, of course, after... By the way, during the chaos, Riddle does uh, pin Ricochet. By the way, I don't even know why they had to have a finish to this. Um, but it, because it didn't really matter. It was just like, it was just chaos. Um, so Nakamura is fighting with Riddle in the ring after Cesaro and Ricochet disappear. You've got Roderick Strong run in and take out Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Finn Balor runs in just after that to take out Riddle. Uh, and then, uh, so Balor, Balor, Riddle fight out and ends up with them facing off to end the segment. Um, so Madness, but yet it makes sense. Roderick Strong has a match with Shinsuke Nakamura on Sunday. Uh, Ricochet and Cesaro have had their issues in the past, even though they're on separate brands now. And you've got Riddle and Balor. Oh, we have a little TakeOver reference. They have a match tonight on TakeOver. So, okay. <sighs> Breathe, Nick. There's more. we got to get through more. I, I know. We're, we're barely <laughs> started yet. <laughs> well, we get to slow down here. This is going to be good because the next match on the show was I can only imagine that you were watching this match and like with the, like the little things from South Park with little like flaps over your nipples, just like like pulling those down, playing with them. Revival versus Undisputed Era. You know, Nick, oh. I know you were you were so salty. You were so salty when the New Day beat on uh, the Revival for the Still tag am. team championships. Still SmackDown am. Tag Team Championships and got themselves inserted to the match on Sunday, the three-way tag team title match. This was, I think, not just for you, but for a lot of fans, and probably for the revival as well. This was the the gimme. This was the it's the the consolation match. Was having undisputed era versus revival the the, the kind of the dream match that we wanted to see. This was the we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. Here, here's revival and undisputed era for free. You can have yeah. it. Pay per view quality match. Glorious. 
<laughs> glorious, uh, glorious tag team wrestling. What a match. I, I just I cannot no. go on about like this this defined uh tag team wrestling for me. This is yeah. like everything that I love. The back and forth, the strategy and the psychology of the match of keeping your opponent out of the corner so that they can't tag and the the, the blind shots to take the other guy off the edge of the ring so that he can't tag in and you know, the sustained beatdowns and the the interrupted uh, pin pinfalls and just everything. What was and, it? The one moment that stood out for me that you're talking about, like like that kind of psychology. Um, Bobby Fish, legal man, middle of the ring, both revival guys in each corner, about to to do like a combo move on him in the middle. Kyle O'Reilly jumps in, pushes him out of the way, eats the combo move, but because he's not the legal guy. The legal guy is still fresher, and Kyle O'Reilly takes the hit and rolls out of the ring. That when was the last time you saw psychology like that in a tag team match? I mean, in, in in WWE. Let me be let me be clear. And there is the tag league going on in New Japan right now, and this match I think was better than most of those. Like it yeah. could hang with some of the best matches going on with those. Like this was fantastic. Um, Dash shoving. Uh, I think it was Bobby Fish out of the way, and Kyle O'Reilly ate the shatter machine right in the middle of the just that whole thing right there too. Really, really smart. But yeah, uh, this match, I, I this has been on my list. I haven't had time yet. This is one of those matches that always get written down. Like my pad's over there. I can show you. It's one of those that I will go back and watch two or three times and borderline overanalyze and go step by step through. This is the kind of match that should be the template for anybody, yeah. any tag team that wants to succeed in, in tag team wrestling formats. Yeah, it, it's, it was a clinic. It absolutely yeah. was. It was beautiful. Yep, and they gave him plenty of time to work. So, Ugh. I'm I'm so glad that we got this. And Ooh, this is chili willies again. Going <laughs> going forward, I think this is actually something they could look at um, as saying, okay, well, we have to please the mainstream audiences with the main roster, um, and we can you know do something like, well, you know, New New Day is the team that everyone knows, and we'll be rooting for on Sunday. Um, Viking Raiders, not so much. Undisputed Era, not so much. For at least for like you know what what do you want to call it? the casual fan or the mainstream audience. But they can have their cake and eat it too now because NXT is for the more hardcore crowd, and so they can have these more hardcore crowd service matches like this over on NXT. Put them together, and then you know cover both bases. So you know as far as making everybody happy, this is a good template to look out for. I think yeah. for them. Butters uh, in the chat said he wants revival in AEW, and I'm going to disagree with you. As much as, as interesting as that would be, the tag what? division over in AEW is fan phenomenal right now. Yeah, fantastic. I, I don't. I like Why revival. Would you? Well, I wouldn't want to put him over there because it would be it would muddy the waters a little bit of the fantastic tag team division that's going on in AEW right now. No, I don't want more steak. It's too much steak. I can't handle this much steak. What the hell are you talking about? There's always room for more steak. Put him in NXT. Leave him in NXT. That's what I'm saying. Oh I was going to get there. I agree okay. I agree with him on that part. He said right. if they got the Johnny Lifetime NXT contract, uh, he wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't either. But the, yeah. they're, not, they're not getting over on the main roster because they're not cartoon characters and flippy shit. No, because Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling. Yeah, well, that too. That's, I think, the real thing. If Vince doesn't give a crap about tag team wrestling. Uh, we also had... In what was, I thought, a very underrated match. Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai. And the crowd was like, 
for this match after that uh, Undisputed Era Revival match. But this was, I thought, really solid. Both these women kicked ass yeah. in this match. I was mostly was... bitter that it wasn't Tony, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Well, hold on, Nick. Yeah. You know, you, you, you got your cake, got to eat it too is, this week as well. So Kaylee Ray, I think the reason they had this was to introduce people who didn't know Kaylee Ray to the NXT crowd. If you don't watch NXT UK, this is basically a way of saying, hello, this is Kaylee Ray. Right. Um, and uh, it was a good match. Hard hitting. They, they, were, they were nice and snug. But uh, unsurprisingly, it did end in basically every woman <laughs> in the company coming out to have a huge scrum at the end of this. Beautiful chaos. Loved it. You had, you had Carmella, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville come out to break up the end of the, uh, let's see, no, let's see. This is after, after Kylie Ray, uh, Kaylee Ray won with the gory bomb. Um, she started to pose, and then the SmackDown women came out to attack. Uh, and then the uh, NXT women came out. Pretty much everyone who's going to be on TakeOver came out. Um, and then Raw came out, which was great because so it was Kyrie Sane, Natalia, Sarah Logan, and uh, and eventually Nikki Cross comes out with a garbage pale lid and just starts and just ends up wailing on everybody and stands tall at the end. A lot of fun. Love it. There was also some nice little character moments. You had Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai meet in the middle of the ring and kind of go, "Huh, you." I know you. What we're both we're both evil now. <laughs> what happened? What happened to us? Look at us. What has t- time, you evil bitch? What is what has happened to us? We used to be so young and innocent. <laughs> this is what WWE does to you. Uh, no, was, this was <sighs> right. Another great big invasion scrum. A yep. lot of fun. Uh, ended up with Nikki Cross standing tall and getting an ovation. So. Uh, little little match- Nikki Cross swinging a trash can lit around is going to make me smile every time. I yeah. absolutely love that. Can't help it. Uh, we had Viking Raiders versus the Forgotten Sons. Why? Which was basically, why not? Why not? It was just a, a, a hair versus hair match. Not literally. No one's losing their hair, but there's a lot of hair flying around. A lot of beards flying around the ring in this match. Well, I'm not mad at that for a obvious lot of beard. reasons, but, you know. Yeah, beard but off. I- the question is, who? what was this for? There's not going to be a match. There's not a title contention at TakeOver or Survivor Series. Why was the time spent on this? Was this to say that forgotten? I mean, look, Viking Raiders have moved on. So Nick, why are they I back? will give you my answer to that when we get to our pick for Survivor Series. Wink, okay. wink. Okay. Nudge, nudge. Uh, trust me, buddy. This is all going to make sense. I'll, just follow me. I will, right. I will help explain it to you. Uh, that being Jesus, said, take the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for calling me Jesus. I'm letting I, go. I will take the wheel for you, my friend. Uh, but this was also a very entertaining tag match. A little more straightforward, but it was. I like the way this was worked. This was, ended up with a bunch of dudes, a bunch of big dudes, doing a bunch of very acrobatic stuff. Yeah. At the end of this match, very entertaining match. Pretty different from the earlier one. Not quite as technical. Not quite as psychological. But a little bit more showy, splashy. Fun for the crowd. Big boys doing big boy things. Big boy doing big boy things. Of course, the Viking Raiders do win here. No surprise there. After Jackson Riker is ejected from the ring, but sadly not the company. Uh, hey now. So, <laughs> so again, so that was NXT. It was it, it. It. Oh wait, no. I almost forgot. We did have one more thing. Got to talk about this. We did have some takeover stuff. I know they almost forgot, 
But uh, we got to talk about it. We had a video package for the Women's War Games match, which was really fun. We had a video package for Pete Dunn versus Damian Priest versus Killian Dane, mm. in which we finally heard a little bit more of Damian Priest's voice. Uh, and then finally we had a match, a ladder match, Adam Cole versus Dominic Dijakovic for advantage in the men's war game match. Like, I didn't even know this was coming until in the middle of NXT. Uh, they popped the little lower third graphic up like, oh, yeah. hey, by the way, we're going to have a, a ladder match with Adam Cole. What? <laughs> I love how we talked about it last week, and yet you still forgot no, that it was my happening. My short-term WWE Universe memory, remember? <laughs> right. There's only so much you, wrestling you can consume before it starts leaking Too out of your ears. Too much input. <laughs> uh, uh, but this, uh, no, they didn't give it a whole lot of time. <laughs> there was a whole lot else to do on the show. But my God, this was also really fun and really insane. And Dijak choke slammed Adam Cole off of the ladder onto another ladder on the ground. And Adam Cole sold it like he had been stabbed in the spine. Uh, just huge bumps in this match. Ends up with Adam Cole and Dijak on the top of the ladder together. Adam Cole hits Dijak in the face with the briefcase, and Dijak falls backwards onto a ladder uh, and is dead. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Adam Cole wins. His team gets the advantage. And then all hell breaketh loose, Nick. I, uh, I didn't breathe for like five minutes uh, after at the end of this. All hell. You had the Undisputed Era coming out to celebrate. And then the SmackDown guys come out. The Raw guys come out. They trap the Undisputed Era in the middle on the ramp. And then just madness ensues. Guys brawling everywhere. Drew McIntyre gets in the ring. And Claymore's Dijak out of the arena. <laughs> Keith Lee jumps in the ring. And as, as Drew McIntyre is throwing down the sucket and yelling at the crowd, Keith Lee steps up behind him, flips him around, puts him into a spirit bomb power bomb that nearly blows the hole in the floor. D D Drew McIntyre goes bouncing out of the ring. Keith Lee standing in there. And then Ivar, sorry, Hanson, gets in the ring, and the two of those big boys step up and look at each other, and then instead of going at it, they look over at the side of the ring where everyone's still brawling and go, all right, screw it. Let's just let's just kill everyone. And, and Keith Lee does the meteor over the top rope, and Ivar dives through the middle rope, and they take out everybody. Uh, bodies everywhere. Adam Cole stands up in the ring and is like, hey, I'm alive. I win. And then Seth Rollins comes out. Seth Rollins, the guy I said would not show up on NXT. I said him and Roman wouldn't show up on NXT and God damn it, Seth. I was expecting Owens. God I was expecting damn Kevin it, Owens. Seth. Oh, well, you don't worry. You'll get him. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out and, uh, and he uh, super kicks Adam Cole, goes for the stomp, but uh, as, the, as the crowd chants, Seth's not cool, Seth's not cool. Ooh! Right before he gets the stomp, done. Who should come out but Daddy? Daddy's home. Tommaso Ciampa comes out of the back, stares down Seth. Uh, Adam Cole rolls to the outside, eats a knee from Ciampa as he gets to the ring. <laughs> Ciampa and Seth get in the ring and eat with each other, start beating each other up. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was the show that ended with the two of them going head-to-head. -head. It was about the time that Keith Lee and Hanson did combo topes that I remembered to breathe. And I went, oh, God, what's, what's happening? And then Seth showed up. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> and then the whole thing is, uh, we're out of time. We got to go. <laughs> Another one. Another one where it's just, 
There's too much madness. We got to go. We're out of TV time. Great finish of the show. I mean, yeah, and it left, left you just sitting there. I was left at the end of the show sweating, breathing hard, going, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so let's take a step back. I mean, is if you guys haven't re- seen the Discord chat, by the way, for that for NXT, <laughs> it's incredibly entertaining to go see what the, oh, the chat during the end of the match, all the gifs, all the chatter, all the comments, yeah. everything. People losing their damn minds. <laughs> uh, included. Yeah, I bet. I bet. The only thing I really have to take away from this, everything was just, okay, fan service, you know, seeing crazy combos we never thought we'd see together, big brawl, you know, straightforward when you step back and take away the excitement from it. Pretty standard stuff. The only thing I really had to point out was, damn, that crowd was vicious. Seth's not cool, they were chanting at him. Like, fickle. Man, fickle. Yeah. Maybe Daniel Bryan was on to something six months ago. Well, I mean, they, the announcers on on uh, Raw and SmackDown certainly like to back him up on that and call the yeah. crowd fickle. I don't know if I mean. Here's the thing, and we've said this before. You know, it's it's not it's their job to make us not fickle. Like it's you know, yes, we're, people want what they want, and they're very picky, and you're not going to please everybody all the time. But it's literally their job to please the most amount of people at one time, and yeah. it's. You and I will both agree, Nick. It's not exactly like Seth's done himself any favors in terms of PR, and it's not like they've done him any favors in terms of booking. So this was just another example of that. And yes, the full sale crowd loves to get themselves over, um, but at the same time, it's not just them. Like main roster, he's not Seth's not getting the pops he once was. He's de- getting a lot of booze. People are starting to get sick of him. Um, something's not clicking there and we've discussed yeah. this ad nauseum, but this was just another example of, Oh shit. Seth's not, it's, 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 he's starting to get into Roman territory here. Well, I think they, I think the difference with Seth is they can steer into it and he'll flip him and he'll be fine. So I, you know what? You're right. Seth, they could actually turn him into yeah. a heel Roman Roman. They yeah. can't. Yeah. So Nick, that's NXT, but we, we can't stop talking about NXT yet because takeover is, Oh, about Couple hours, three hours, three hours yeah. from now. So yep. we gotta we gotta get our pickums in here, buddy. We gotta get the yeah. We gotta get moving too. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. We still we had an hour left. Hour left of the show, and uh, my God, there's a lot of notes still to get to. Here. Yes. <laughs> All right, so takeover pickums. Let's knock these out. It was announced last night there will be a pre-show match, which looks like it's going to be just stellar. Uh, Angel Garza, yes, yes. Angel Garza will be on the pre-show. I'm so excited for this versus Swerve. Kill shot, shot. S- Swerve Scott. There we go. Kill shot, Scott. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Kills, uh, kill Scott. There we go. He's kill Scott, kill Scott from now on. Yeah. Don't don't kill Scott. What did Scott ever do to no, you? It's kill kill Scott. Okay. Angel Garza versus Swerve Scott. Who do you have in this match, sir? Uh, I don't know because they're both really over as up and comers right now, and I, I uh-huh. it's fifty fifty as far as I'm concerned. I'm not gonna mad at be mad at either one of them winning. Uh, but for funsies, I'll take uh, Kill Shot, Kill Scott, Kill Scott. Okay, I, and I'm gonna take Garza simply because I think they're gonna have Garza go back for Leo again. They protected him okay. so much at the end of Leo's match. I think that they're gonna keep him strong and give him a win here over Swerve Scott. Yep. Um, yep. I could totally see Scott pulling it off. And having him be the next guy to go for Leo Rush by saying, I beat your last uh, competitor, last number one competitor. So I, it could go either way. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest oh. in a triple threat for who's challenging Adam Cole 
at Survivor Series uh, for the NXT Championship. Who do you have in this one? Excuse me. So I got to sneeze. Um, <laughs> you allergic to this I'm, question? I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm so. I'm. I'm so wound up. I'm getting my allergies are kicking in. Uh, I want to say Killian Dane. My gut's telling me Killian Dane because he's been on this ride for quite some time now of being that guy. But I, th- I look at what they've been doing with Damian Priest, and I got to go. Uh, who's the next actual NXT champion that could realistically take it off Adam Cole? <sighs> it's not Killian Dane. I'm sitting here going, it's between Pete Dunne and Damian, and Damian Priest, and I'm going, I think they're going to give it to Pete Dunne. I think they're going to give it to Pete Dunne. I think I'm going to pick Pete Dunne. Okay. You just took me on quite a whirlwind ride there. I almost wrote down three different names for you. Right. I was just give, It's <laughs> just <laughs> Nick Logic, right? It's just the way I pro- – listen, yeah. you guys call me say I do all this crazy fantasy stuff all the time, but I just – I want to start explaining, like, what goes through my head if that helps – it probably doesn't. It, but, no. You know. <laughs> it doesn't help at Look, all. Look, they've been doing big things with both Dane and Priest, especially more recently Priest, uh, for some time now. But I, I feel like they're doing all of that to make Pete Dunne look like that much more of a monster, and he's the longest reigning NXT UK champion. I, I just I think it's li- – who's legitimately going to walk up to Adam Cole and take that strap off of him? Right. I, I think Pete Dunne's got to be the one. So here's the thing. I have a hard time believing that they're going to have like this is this is so bizarre. We're having an NXT title defended on what has typically been a main roster show, which is Survivor Series. Now obviously they want to make Survivor Series more of a three-brand show, so they're going to have an NXT match on that show. And having a title match is a great way to do it. But there's no story between any of these three guys and Adam Cole right now. Yeah. None. There's no, it's completely cold as far as story. Pete Dunn and Adam Cole have a bit of history, but Dane and Priest don't have any story with Adam Cole. Of these three, of these three, if there were to be one, it would be Pete Dunn. I don't think it will be Pete Dunn by the time we get to Sunday. Yeah. I think it will be somebody else. Um, oh. That makes, yeah. I think there's going to be a swerve between now and. Sunday night, where someone else will be challenging Adam Cole for that title. And if I were to pick who that would be, it would be Kevin Owens. But as you'll see, I also think Kevin Owens will be playing another role on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some other factors, too. Like I, 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 We'll get to it as we get further in our pickums. But as right now, we only have these three to pick from, I'm going to say Pete Dunne as well. Yep. Um, that being said, I do want to. I did want to put it out there that I think ultimately, if they, if they do go to Survivor Series and it's Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne, we're gonna get an, a, a fantastic match, oh. and it'll probably blow people away. And if that's just what it is, then that's just what it is, and they're just not gonna have any build. And okay, it'll be a great match that people aren't as invested in because the story isn't there, and they're just hot shotting it to get an NXT match on Survivor Series. Okay, fine. There's just it's it's so much of why would they go to these lengths to put this together if they weren't going to do something a little bit bigger, I guess is what I'm saying. And I, I'm going to criticize criticize them if it ends up being Adam Cole versus any of these three guys because you have the opportunity to have a bigger match on Survivor Series and you know all you have to do is just write it. But instead, you're going for this kind of like half-assed way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll see. This is also one reason why the Pickums uh, sheet will not be finalized until tonight after takeover. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, next up, Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. Good Lord. Who's taking this one? Uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, I, I don't think that's any question here. Uh, he's got to win his first match. Uh, Riddle can lose to a guy like Balor. It won't be a yeah. big deal. He'll, he'll come out. That'll be a lights out match. Could potentially steal the show. Uh, but I, it's going to be fantastic. But I mean, it's not going to steal the show out for one of the War Games matches. But I mean, as, as it, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, this is going to be a really great pay per view. Let's yeah. let's be clear. Uh, next up, the women's War Games match, first <clears> ever, <throat> uh, and, a, and a match I think is going to absolutely blow the doors off the place. Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray, UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray, versus Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, and Tegan Knox. Who you got? Team Baszler, Team Ripley, Team Baszler. Really? All right. Uh, let me look at let me look at the men's war game here. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Oh, I'll I'll do you one better. I'll I'll pick both, and then you can pick both. So I'm taking Team Baszler, and I'm picking Team yeah. Champa. I hate that I agree with you on this. <laughs> I want, I, seriously, I want to make some competition here. And if the only thing we disagree on is the pre-show match, that's kind of lame. It's not but lame. Sad- it just it shows that we're both on board when they're right. When we're right, you know, it makes us look that much, <laughs> that much as a show. It makes us look that much better. Yeah, but it's less exciting for people listening. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I. I they I all know we're right, you know. But the well, interesting part the interesting part of this whole show is who is the missing member of the men's war games match. And so, I have some speculations on that one. Okay, well here okay, well here's the thing because I think that there is a way that this could be reversed. It could be the faces winning the women's war games and the heels winning the men's war games. If that extra member is KO which I believe it is. I'm going to go around on record right now saying the, the fourth member is going to be Kevin Owens. And, uh, and then that gives him some beef to face Adam Cole on Sunday. Yep. Where he has to face like Pete Dunne on the pre-show of Survivor Series and win that match and then go on to face Adam Cole. You see what I mean? Is he so, starting to sound like Nick right now? Yes, except my ideas are better. Oh, uh, so... That I, is, I, I, too, think it could be Kevin Owens. I want to give an honorable mention because they've been looking for a way. They've been waiting for the right time to find a way to reintroduce him. But he's, we know he's signed John Morrison. And because it is a face team, yes, you took the word I, out I, of my- I, think, I think we could see John Morrison be the fourth man on Team Champa on, uh, on tonight on War Games. So, yeah, I think that's a very, very good choice as well. Um, I, I think I'm more aligned with Kevin Owens going up and either screwing up or becoming a, a fourth member in the turning it into a fatal four way for the number one contender spot to go again and face Adam Cole on Sunday. I think that's more realistic. I think doing that and having him be the guy in the the uh, right because he's gonna come. He's not gonna come back as a facey face. He might. Yeah, I don't he know. Yeah, absolutely we'll is. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is. I, I I I'm. <sighs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to lean towards. Put me down for the plus one for John Morrison. For the already did. Gamesman. All right. Already did. Uh, that's yeah. who I'm going to pick there. But I, I, I am, I'm interested to see what uh, Kevin Owens ends up doing tonight. For sure. I wasn't going to wait for you to go off the rails like a crazy train. I was just going to put it in there and just make you stick to it. <laughs> nice. So, all right. So, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's who'd a lot. Who did you of end ha- up picking then? I, I said Kevin Owens. 
No, I mean, who are you going to pick it for your women's war game match? Baszler. Oh, we're picking the same. Team, okay. team Baszler. Yeah, we're doing the All same. Right. All right, we're cool. doing the same. I All right. yeah. I, I can't I can't take the stress two days in a row, Nick. I'm just gonna I'll, I'll know by the pre-show and not if I beat you and if I didn't then I didn't and I just I'll just relax for the rest of the show and then I'll just I'll spend all my my stress on on SummerSlam tomorrow or Survivor Series tomorrow. All right. Oh all right. lord, that's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be a bloodbath. We'll get well, to that though. We have to do our pickums for Survivor Series, but we can't yet, Nick, because the first thing we have to do is talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Well, this was a very Shane McMahon-esque opening to SmackDown uh, last oh, night Jesus. where we had we rallied the troops. We had the entire men and women's locker uh, room, or at least catering, uh, standing around in front of a around. garage door that looked kind of familiar if you've been watching wrestling for a long time. Big E, Big e doing the uh, Lombada, or what is he doing? He was, he was uh, Limbo. Yeah, uh, he had the, the nipples out with the with the with the with this with the you know what I'm saying the flaps you know you pull the yeah. flaps down over your neck he had the nipples yeah. out he was doing it uh, I'm not crazy people that making fun of me um, yep so there was uh, everyone was just milling around nipples. not doing anything um, of course who isn't um, but uh, yeah so the, as you said in front of a giant garage door which which people may be familiar with and uh, out comes Baron Corbin. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler to stand up on the podium. I don't know why there's a podium in front of a garage door. They had to move trucks in and out of there, but whatever. Hashtag WWE logic. Baron Corbin gets up on the podium in his regalia and tries to tries to get everyone's attention. No one pays attention to him because he's Baron Corbin. Right. And Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Chad Gable, and Mustafa Ali quietly step up on the other side of the uh, podium. And Roman Reigns just goes, <clears throat> and everyone sh- sh- shuts oh, up. <laughs> which was the you know on one hand painfully heavy-handed and on the other hand kind of amusing um and uh basically roman says so everyone we all know how things have been going down the last couple of weeks uh all the brands are squabbling and invading so we're gonna do what nxt did and we're gonna brrr, he opens up the garage door and shows the the ramp leading into the arena and he says you know what if they want to do it, let them come on in. We're opening up the back door. And, of course, Corbin said, oh, this is a terrible idea. Uh, what did you think of this segment, Nick? Was this a little bit too on the nose? Roman is the, the real backstage man. Uh, or was this, was this fun? Was this fine? Um, I was distracted by the fact that – was this the same venue that was the attempted DX invasion with the Jeep where they drove up to that very garage door and were banging on it, but it would never open? Am I crazy? That's what it looked like. That was the first thing that I thought of was that ramp when he opened the garage door. I was like, <gasps> that's where they did the DX invasion. It, I, I, wanted, I didn't go look like I should have. But I was wondering if it was the exact same venue because it looked identical. No, that was in. It wasn't Chicago. It wasn't Chicago. They were in Chicago on this show, right? Uh, I want to say that was like Virginia, where they did the the DX invasion. 
Um, mm. Anyway, it's okay. Well, neither here nor Not there. Not to distract they, us, but it, that's all I thought a of. Lot of I was a lot completely... of arenas have ramps like that, Nick. I understand. Yeah. All right. So anyway, no, it wasn't. But it did come It did come back around. Like, you, you made me stop because they did reference that later on in the show because we – this was announced last week uh, – you had uh, Gable, Ali, and Roman versus Corbin, Rude, and Ziggler as the final match of the show, main event. Um, the crowd was hyped for it, but it was another, like, if SmackDown keeps doing this, they're in real trouble because the live audiences may dig it, but the home audiences are going to get real sick of this crap real fast. Um, you know, a match that just, had, that just had no purpose other than Roman and Corbin are fighting for control of Team SmackDown. Um but uh, the match didn't end. This uh, You might be able to see a theme here coming from NXT. The match didn't end because invasion and uh, who should come out first. But, after uh, you know, Reigns has cleared the ring. He's given Corbin a spear. He's standing tall. Seth Rollins comes into the ring. And he and Roman have a stare down. And Seth gets booed out of the damn building. Next to Roman Reigns. Damn. Mm. Damn. Uh, and Rollins and Reigns get into it. They start fighting. Raw and SmackDown, they're scrabbling all over the ring. Huge brawl, and everyone starts chanting NXT. And as if on cue, we cut to backstage, and a goddamn army of black and gold are walking down that ramp in the back. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Road Dogg are back in their Jeep from that DX invasion, leading the charge. Giving your boys over here from the Attitude Era some chills. Chills. They march all the way to the ring. Sure enough, Triple H, Michaels, and Road Dog all stand at the top of the ramp and just go, boom, get them, boys. And the entire NXT roster floods down the ramp. And the show ends with the biggest brawl we've seen yet this Survivor Series season. Um, okay. <laughs> Nick, there... All of this was a ton of fun, including at the end having a Braun Strowman Keith Lee stare down, which, you know, not to harp on the nipples, but they yeah, were they, they were hard. Yeah, they were hard. <laughs> uh, hard nipples. Hashtag hard nipples. And they took turns pouncing uh, a couple of little guys Dudes that, out of the way that for some reason decided to get in the ring in between those right. two. Like, how hey, dumb two, are you? <laughs> hey, these two these two uh, uh, shooters are having a gunfight in the middle of the street in a Wild West town. Let's jump in between them. <laughs> uh, whatever. So it was a great brawl at the end of the show. It was a lot of fun. With all of this, was there any part of you that was sit sitting there going, they're just fighting over quote-unquote brand supremacy, I really don't give a crap? Or were you, was it so much fun, was it just so wild and crazy that you were able to let that go and just be like, you know what, this is insanity, I'm just having fun with it? A couple weeks ago here on the show, I made several comments to the tune of, this is not how we would traditionally build to, to Survivor Series, There's they haven't been doing any invasions they they hadn't been doing the things that make me care about Survivor Series. And I think I even said, I don't have any reason to care about Survivor Series this year. Yep, yep. And then this week happened. You, you mind and they you. completely redeemed themselves because, yes, for mm -hmm. one brief moment, we forget kayfabe, we forget storyline, and we just go after who's the biggest dog in the yard. Right. right. Who is the biggest brand? Who has the biggest presence? Who's going to win in an all-out brawl 
in head to head, head to head in direct competition. And that, like that and that and that wasn't driven home on us this this year. They didn't like drive those catchphrases in on us. It was just man, I'm actually going to go on record and say this was my favorite Survivor Series build of all time because yeah. they actually went from you know a, a show that really wasn't it was an accident um with the stars being stuck in Saudi Arabia and having to kind of hot shot the NXT invasion on that first show. And I've been worried about it the entire time where, I, where I've been saying, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this momentum going. Are they going to have to build? They're going to have to do this and this and this. They did everything that we said they needed to do. Yeah. Make Bailey look stronger. Uh, have, have Raw and SmackDown start invading each other, not just NXT invading. Have Raw and SmackDown go to NXT and really invade them. Have just an insanely huge all-out brawls. They did all of it. They did all of it. You know, Nick, we say time and time again, you know, there, we, we criticize WWE when it's appropriate, but damn it, we got to praise them when they do things right. And I've got to say, man, in my opinion, they did this for the most part pretty right. Could they have done things better? Of course. Of course. No one's perfect. Uh, and I think that there's definitely some things that they, they could have improved or changed or whatever. That's nitpicky, though, man. But it's honestly. nitpicky. Yeah. It is. Uh, no, and that's, that's, what, that's what I was getting at. looking for something to, to right. pick on. If I, this if, was one of the best weeks in my memory of wrestling that I've had in a really, really long time. It was and just for fun. someone like me that the, it, just a couple of weeks ago was very moody and very down on WWE in general. This yeah. week has completely like I'm so energized for tonight and tomorrow. I'm going to have to take a week to just come down off of the high that I've been riding on all week. And then you throw AEW in there. Nick, <sighs> on our la on our last show, we said. Uh, at the end of Raw, like, well, well, very strong end to Raw. Like, you know, and we know that NXT will probably be very strong as well. It's really contingent on SmackDown to have a strong go-home moment. Uh, how are they going to top this? Was I believe what we said? They did. They absolutely did. Yep. They took that ball and put it over the fence. I have, I have not been this hyped for a, on a go-home episode for a WWE pay-per-view in a long, long time. Um, so credit where credit's due. Yeah. You know, despite despite having an absolutely nothing three on three match to close this show, they then had this gigantic brawl that makes me really so excited to see Survivor Series on Sunday. So, yeah. and that's that's literally the only thing they had to do to close this show: make people excited to see their pay per view. Yep. And you know what? For me, it worked. It totally worked. Totally, totally worked. Uh, other than that, um, everything else on SmackDown was mostly fine. It, yeah, it, there was there were a few things that were just kind of there and yeah. really had no bearing on anything else. But it was fine, you know. It, it was filler to get in between all the different little invasion angles. Um, there was one thing I did want to talk about though. Okay, um, t Sasha Banks brought Team SmackDown for the women out uh, out to the ring and cut a bit of a promo, only to be interrupted. Uh, by the women's Survivor Series team for NXT coming in through the audience. Yet, there was one person in there who didn't really get to say or interact that much that <laughs> you may know? not have known who it was. Oh, God. But it was Tony Storm! Yeah. How did I know that it she was... She made like, it! We, I, knew, I knew when we started our SmackDown segment here that it was going to be like... <laughs> It was gonna be like pulling a racehorse that wants to race around the track back. Be like, no, we gotta walk for a while. We gotta walk for a while, Nick. No, 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 no. 
I love how you just jump through this segment like, I don't care anything that else happens. Tony Storm! Yeah. Tony Storm! All right, ladies and gentlemen, it finally happened. Nick got his Tony Storm on WWE TV. What was that you were saying about? <laughs> oh, okay. Leave your nipples alone when we talk about this one, man, because that's going to get really disturbing really quickly. Why? Equal opportunity. It's everybody's. Uh, all right. Fine. All right. Well, You're at right. least. Okay. So Hi, Tony. Team SmackDown in the ring. Team Raw comes out and Team NXT comes out. Uh, which I think gives us our official NXT Survivor Series team. It was Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and as you said, without any hoopla, without any kind of big deal, Tony Storm. Which I'm wondering is, why that is. If that's going to lead to some yeah. kind of uh, special thing on Sunday during the Survivor Series match, some kind of highlight, or if they're saving it for something, or if they, if this if if they're not really sure if she's going to come to NXT. Full time. Yeah, it's kind of an innocuous way. Go back to the UK and be forgotten. You know, I, I don't know. It's a very innocuous way of introducing her. You know, at least Rhea Ripley got a Rhea Ripley got a big debut in NXT. Tony's just kind of like, no, oh, she's here. Like that's a yeah. that's a former NXT UK champ. Like May Young Classic winner. Next next girl. So, uh, at least it was important for you, Nick, and that's what really matters. So that's all. That yeah, matters, so yep. that's 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 all that matters. Uh, so sure enough, a brawl breaks out. We end up with a triple threat of the captains, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks, which, by the way, hmm, that's a nice match. Uh, and it was. It was a really good match, too. Uh, hard hitting, as you could tell by Charlotte's face afterwards, which was busted open. Um, and it had a spectacular finish. Uh, Charlotte trapping Sasha Banks in the figure eight. And as she bridges up in the figure eight, Rhea Ripley runs back in the ring, slides underneath the bridge Charlotte's making with her back, and wraps her arm around and pins Charlotte's shoulders to the ground. So Charlotte is trapped in her bridge, and Sasha Banks is trapped with her legs in the hold. And so Rhea Ripley gets the pin on Charlotte Flair, one of the smartest goddamn finishers I've seen in a while. That was awesome. And Rhea Ripley and Team NXT walk away with the win. Team NXT won on SmackDown, I, and that throws my whole world of booking and pickums into nope. disarray. Like, I'm F now. I, I have no idea what the hell is going to happen on Sunday. Not mine. I w played right into my th my <laughs> theories and my thoughts. It Nick, right. and you know it does. It plays into my theories all the way from last year. Oh, really? It does. You called it out last week. What's that? Which part? Well, we'll get we'll get to that, Nick. When oh, we get okay, to okay, okay. Our, our pickups, our pickups. So, so that was that segment. We also had Sami Zayn getting up in Baron Corbin's face backstage and going out to the ring with Shinsuke Nakamura. And this was, I think, an overlooked, fairly big moment on the show because it was surrounded by so much other stuff. But Sami Zayn reaches into a little bag he has with him and pulls out a brand spanking new Intercontinental Title Belt. And the one that Shinsuke had is, is, is that beautiful throwback white belt, which I love so much. One of my favorite belts of all time. And they replaced it with, at least it was a, a black pleather or leather or whatever they make, made it out of. I don't know. Uh, at least it was black. And it wasn't made out of, you know, silly putty. Like the Universal Championship. Um, but a brand new uh, intercontinental title for Shinsuke Nakamura. What did you think of this belt, Nick? I'm fine with it. Okay. Um, it wasn't a Fisher-Price toy. It wasn't True. red or blue or lavender or purple or fuchsia or whatever the hell. And 
is it does it does my nostalgia weigh in quite a bit with removing the white yes is it one of my favorite belts of all times? Yes. Right. Probably second after the NWA 10 pounds of gold. And frankly, the, the old world championship for that matter. If you remember Dolph Ziggler, I think was one of the last ones to hold that one, but yeah, I'm fine with it. I like the design of the lettering. I like the plates. I think it looks great. I probably wouldn't have picked black. I probably nope. would have done the new plates on the white belt just to ease the transition. Mm. I think those plates wouldn't have looked as good on that white belt, to be Maybe. honest with you, because they have they because they have they have all the the holes in them. They have all like the like the uh, and that the, having the white belt come through the silver wouldn't have looked quite as good. I don't I don't think personally. I put a poll up in the discussion group just now. If you guys are in there on Facebook, uh, would love to go in there and vote and let us know what you guys think. Would love to hear what the what the BWO universe thinks uh, of the new Intercontinental Title Belt. I'm I'm okay with it. It's fine. Did we have? Did we ever have a, a listener question on the mailbag show that was what was our favorite title belt? Like what like our favorite? Our I think favorite? so. We yeah, did right. Mine, mine was I, the ten looking. pounds of gold. Um, and I think yeah. mine was the IWGP heavyweight belt. Yeah, that heavyweight belt is goddamn gorgeous. Yes, yeah, beautiful. Oh, but um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of with you. I don't really have a strong feeling on it either way. I didn't hate it, but I also wasn't like it didn't it didn't set my hiney on fire. All right. So. It's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, yep. it's it's fine. <laughs> exactly. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Uh, so while they're so while Sammy and Shinsuke are in the ring celebrating and uh, they make making fun of Riddick, Riddick, uh, Roberto, what whatever his name was that Shinsuke's facing on Sunday, R- 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 Randy. No, can't can't think of his name. Oh right, Roderick Strong comes out with the rest of Undisputed Era down the ramp to confront them. And say you may not know my name now, but you will on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and Sammy and, and Shinsuke Nakamura uh, scamper out of the ring, uh, and we end up getting a match somehow with uh, Undisputed Era versus New Day and Heavy Machinery. Because okay, why not? Let's make the Undisputed Era boys work every day this week until they're dead. Good lord! No wonder they're including always Saturday and Sunday. By the way. Yeah. Well, I don't think uh, Fish and O'Reilly are working. Uh, they'll be Sunday. ringside for Adam's match. They'll God, be there. Nah, they'll be. They'll probably be in the back, <laughs> nursing their wounds from war games. Cole, though, Adam Cole, my God, he took a beating in the ladder match on Wednesday. He's got to do um, um, war games on Saturday, and then have a title match on, and Sunday. then defend his championship on Sunday. Plus, you know, this is something I don't. I'm not hearing getting talked about enough. All of these people are going back and forth from Florida. To wherever Raw and SmackDown have been, Chicago, back and forth, getting flown all over the place. No, that was AEW. Like the, what they're spending on travel expenses to fly all these people. Like you know, I know Vince has a charter jet or his own jet, whatever. They fly the people around. Like that's a lot of travel time for these guys. Yeah. Like what an insane couple of weeks flying everywhere to be at the certain place at the certain time. Raw and SmackDown flying down to Florida for NXT and then flying to Chicago. Uh, NXT flying to New York and then flying to Chicago. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy travel schedule uh, and the logistics are must have been absolutely insane. They've got a, they've, been, they've been moving a lot of people around. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So we had undisputed era versus New Day and Heavy Machinery. A lot of fun, very fun match. Uh, New Day took a powder kind of early in this match, though. For for a group that's not having the work rate that uh, undisputed era is this week. What's what was up with that? I don't know. I was just happy to see Heavy Machinery in there and get a really good look at the end of the match. 
Um, I, yeah, they did some. They know. put in some work. Yeah, they did. Tucky did so a I, moonsault. I, was, I, was, I thought this was fun, but it was kind of just there. Like it was just it just happened. It really had no implications on anything, but it was fun. It was a nice little breather between all of the chaos and other things that were surrounding SmackDown in general on the bookends. This was this was a nice match to have in the middle. But I, I don't what, know if there's any real implications here. What did uh, you read into uh, New Day and Heavy Machinery not being on the same page, having some words ringside? <sighs> you read anything into that? Not next, yet, because I don't next, know that there's next a... Challengers, di- next challengers for SmackDown titles? Yes. Uh, they're both very face, though, so I'm curious. What, does that matter? Do we care about that anymore? Have we moved on from that that world? Maybe. Because we're seeing a lot more over the last couple of years of... Uh, the need to have a heel face, we're seeing a lot less of that being a necessity. So I'm wondering if we could get into just two tag teams fighting over a belt. Do they need to hate each other? Does one need to be evil and one be the good guys that they can cheer for? I don't know. Is 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 the world changing in wrestling? Yeah, it's changing a lot. So I, I think you could find a way to have heavy machinery go up against New Day past Survivor Series for the SmackDown cha- Tag Championships. Alpha, and I would be trooper. all for it. Alpha Trooper in the chat pointed out that Fish and O'Reilly have to be in the tag team match on Sunday, too. Right. That's right. Good Lord. Yeah. Good God. Good God. Those Thank poor you. guys. I, I, they're going to be broken. Good Lord. <laughs> they're going to be broken. Those poor dudes. Oh, my God. And, and it's funny. paid, um, though, for all these they all better. These they better pay him. Uh, Kirby Freeman also in the chat points out that WWE has only confirmed Rhea Ripley for Team NXT. None of the other people that came out were confirmed. And I think that's because we're, we're waiting for who survives. This is why we're not doing the final uh, pickums yep. until after the show tonight. It's going to be who survives the War Games match. You know, a lot, of those, a lot of those women that came out on SmackDown are in the War Games match tonight. If one of them breaks something, they don't want to say, oh, yeah, they're going to work Sunday, and then all of a sudden, you know, Mia Yim doesn't have a face come Sunday, and so she can't work. <laughs> you know? So, all right, there's more on SmackDown we have to get to, Nick. Uh, Daniel Bryan, quote-unquote, was trying to summon Bray Wyatt, but instead he summons Miz, and Miz comes out because, you know, we can't actually have Bray Wyatt come out and do anything. Um, that being said, I liked the dynamic here. No, so, I, I I like the dynamic as well. Uh, I don't know that we actually got anything out of this other than I like Miz coming out. I think that this absolutely gives it's it's going back to the thing that I always wanted that we never got, which was the a proper finish and, or seeing it through the Miz and Daniel Bryan feud. I don't and know if I, we ever will. I think that's I think that's one of those eternal feuds. You know what I mean? That's, that's I think a, we're seeing some some. We're talking about heels and faces. I think we're seeing Miz go back heel, and I think we're seeing Bryan go back face. We actually I think saw they're both a yes in, chant this week. So. Well, almost, almost. That was, I think, the point of the segment was, was he was doing it right as he was doing he was, it. Right as he was doing it, out. lights went out, and Bray Wyatt came out and killed him. Killed. So, Daniel what did you Bryant. think of of the fiend just appearing where the Miz was sitting before? It was cute. It, yeah, it was. It was fine. There's there's two things I really wanted to attack here, and then and we got to move on. Yeah. Um, one. The, again, like you said, the the heel face dynamics here were really interesting. I think that you know Daniel Bryan talking smack to Miz, and Miz holding his own uh, creates a bit of a gray area where we, we like both these guys, but we don't always agree with them. Um, and they're both very charismatic. And their feud is has been through so many different iterations at this point that it's, to me, it's always entertaining to see them interact and how they interact and where they're at. And it, Miz is helping define where Daniel Bryan is right now. 
and I think a little bit uh, vice versa as well. Um, and one of the things they're doing is teasing this return of the Yes movement, and I think that's one of the things that's happening with this Bray Wyatt feud, but I, I, I'm still worried. It feels a bit muddled to me. It feels like they're not really sure where they're going with this, and, and I'm, I'm worried that they're going to stumble because I think this is a very complex psychological uh, angle that they're running with Daniel Bryan, and it's kind of falling through the cracks of a lot of the other things that goes on on SmackDown because it's really unlike anything else that's happening in WWE is this yep. subtle journey of a guy transitioning and figuring out what's going on and, and not being all there and you know what I mean? Like it's it's the kind of like subtle character work that very rarely is able to be pulled off in WWE because they don't have the attention span or usually the the creative intelligence to be able to pull it off. Right. If Daniel Bryan's controlling his own future on this, I have a lot more confidence in it. And frankly, having him opposite of Miz is very helpful because the two of them work so well together and the two characters play off of each other so well. That being said, Miz is so ancillary to Daniel Bryan and the Fiend that it feels like two separate things are going on at the same time, and yep. that can be a little bit muddled and a little bit much. But that being said, I was still very engaged in this segment and with what's going on, even if, as you said, The Fiend showing up at the end and taking out Daniel Bryan, I'm starting to worry that The Fiend's tropes are becoming a little bit already. And I know it's, it's really quick, but it's because they've been reusing them and overshowing them so much which is very WWE, right? They couldn't just keep it in their pants. Oversaturated. They've, they've oversaturated it. Thank it's you. It's oversaturated. Like, okay, it's a red light, and then he's gonna put the mandible claw on him, and then the little like kind of you know whatever it is the the strobing lights or the the um, strafing lights are gonna be on him while he laughs in the ring. People are, you know, you can call it fickle, or you can just ha you can call it people getting burned out on something that you're showing too much of. And it, that's, that is, again, that's WWE's, WWE's responsibility to know when to pull things back and not give people so much of something. Um, so that's not the fans sitting there being like, oh, we're bored. You can't, you can't call it the fans, well, the, you, oh, why are you guys so bored of this so quickly? Like, you guys should know not to make us bored of this so quickly. Like, honestly, that's, to me, that's more of the issue here. They you know, if, they, if, they, they, they overdid it. We always do the Game of Thrones callback. We always do this because, you know, Vince liked to say on the Stone Cold interview that he compares himself to other cable programs. Okay, Walking Dead, The Shield, Game of Thrones, whatever you want to compare it to. If you're doing Game of Thrones, you don't show the dragons every episode. Right. You, you, you pull it back. You, you give the dragons in doses. And for them, it's easier to do because, you know, it's, it's a special effects thing and it's a budget thing. But you've got to think about it in that way. You know, don't, don't, give, away, don't give it away so much. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't else? have anything else to say about that. Other than <laughs> it, it, it was what it was. I've been saying the whole time, keep it in your pants. They blew their wad too early, and they've yeah. now we're going to get the running trope and the oversaturation. And this is what happens. This is why yeah. I said keep it in your pants. And now everybody's kind of fading out a little bit on the fiend, and we're getting a little. Yeah. Uh, by uh, the time my by the time my fiend Funko Pop arrives in February, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like oh, I don't care about this guy anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of people that are on the precipice of being irrelevant, Bailey uh, called out Shayna in the back in an interview, and then Shayna came out to the ring and said, "Bailey, you want me? Here I am. Why don't you come get some?" And we have I'm in your call. ring. I'm not going to attack you from behind. You're accusing me of that all the time. So here come I and get am. Some. And then Bailey attacked her from behind in the ring. <laughs> that was good. I liked that. 
Um, uh, and then uh, they had a little scuffle, and Bailey ended up walking off up the ring while Shayna was glowering at her from ringside after taking a bit of a hit. So, do we feel like Bailey has planted her flag enough in this feud? Not yet. Well, Close. Not, there's Close. Maybe not yet. There's nothing. That's it. Like, oh yeah, I mean, we're there. So, I, uh, did they, they could do have done? They could have done more, but they did enough. Yeah, I think they did enough. It could have been a little bit more, but at the risk of supplanting Becky and Shayna, they weren't going to do that. So. Yeah, it was enough to make her look dangerous. There's no way in hell she's winning that match. Wow. You say no. Okay. Ain't happening. All right. Um, No chance in hell. (laughs) Wow. No chance. Big words. Big words, Mr. (laughs) Howell. Big words. Uh, Before we get to our pick'ems, where we'll discuss that some more, uh, how do you feel like Shayna came across to to the mainstream audience that may not have known her? In know. this segment, in this segment in particular, uh, in this segment in particular, I don't know if people give a shit or not uh, enough or not. Really? Because I, I thought got, she, I thought she looked amazing. I thought. Well, if I you think didn't she's know got she enough was, crossover appeal now. Um, yeah. But I don't know if people know who she is at this point, other than the ones that also watch NXT. We've said for a long time that a lot of the what, the filthy casuals that will go to live events, <laughs> uh, there's a lot, a big majority that only watch the main roster show. They don't watch NXT. Yeah. They don't watch 205 unless they That's see the fine. taping of it there. Right. So they're not going to understand what sh- who Shayna is and what she's capable. That's of. That's what I'm that saying, stuff. though. What? Yeah. How did she look for the, like if you didn't and, and if you're in the chat and you only watch. Um, the main roster WWE, or if you're in our Facebook discussion group, or if you're a listener and you're not in the Facebook discussion group yet, go and get in there and tell us. I would love to know how Shayna, how any of the the NXT men and women came across to you guys. Like, I loved hearing about people who'd never seen Keith Lee and were just like, who the hell is that guy? I would love to hear how how these all came across, and especially Shayna. How did Shayna come across here? What was your guys' opinion on Shayna Baszler? Because to me... If I had not, no idea who she was, I would be sitting there going, damn, that girl's badass. She looks like a, a mean beast son of a bitch. Well, they all so, know who Keith Lee is because we've been playing him at the top of the show for the last two years. Well, we've been proselytizing that man since <laughs> God knows whenever. But uh, anyway, yeah, so that is it for SmackDown, Nick. We've got Survivor Series tomorrow night. Oh, God. we got to do our pick right now. And I'm yeah. I, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm I'm... We're not locking in our confidence bets yet, but I'm still a little iffy on what this card's going to look like tomorrow night until after TakeOver. So can we give ourselves the ability, can we put the the thing out there that we can adjust our picks with our patron pick'ems bets tomorrow? Because this some of this stuff might be completely different by the time we get to tomorrow night. Uh, I don't know, Nick. I mean, part of the whole thing is, you know, risk reward. We're we're here on a show. We're right. putting ourselves out online. I, I'm willing oh, to lock it line. down either way if we agree whichever we agree on. But that's also that also applies to you right. as well if something How about changes this? tonight. How about this? How yeah. about this, Nick? We'll 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 have our cake and eat it too. Okay. We'll lock it well, there'll be our show bets and there'll be our pick'ems bets. All okay. right. So we'll have our show pick'ems, which is just that's just you and me, pal. And that's yep. us right now with the information we have in front head of us. Head to head right and here. direct competition. Head to head and direct competition. <laughs> and then there's us versus everybody. Yes. And that's what 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 ends up on our pick'em sheets. So this also is also is a way for y'all not to cheat on us and try to take our picks and beat us because you know our picks first. Okay. Plans could change. Yes. Schedules could shift. You know how that the whole thing works. So let Nick, let's yeah. get into this. Let's get into this and give our pick'ems just, just between you and me, pal. 
Well, we have right here, right now, New Day versus Viking Raiders versus the Undisputed Era, represented by Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. Who do you have in this one? Viking Raiders. My goodness. Okay. Your boys. Taking your boys, huh? Yep. I'm taking New Day. All right. And I'm taking New Day because uh, they weren't involved in the end of that tag match this week. And you know what? Remember when you said, why have Viking Raiders and versus uh, uh, Forgotten Sons? That's why. Give them a win. All right. Undisputed Era has, has, has gotten a win. They beat the Revival. Viking Raiders got a win. They beat Forgotten Sons. Who hasn't had a win this whole week? New Day. They got the championships to be in the match. New Day's coming out on top in this one. Fair enough. Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. I think this will be an easy one. Let's just knock this out. Yeah, Bray Wyatt. Bray. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Daniel Bryan just got chumped on SmackDown with a mandible claw. Uh, it took, if your logic holds true, Daniel Bryan's going to win this match. What do you mean? No, that's... that. That applies for this is this is a whole different thing altogether. This the lat logic does not carry over to here. It works when he it works for him when he needs it to. It's convenient. It works when it is logical for it to work. <laughs> this is this is a different situation entirely. Ray Wyatt's winning this match. There's no Absolutely. doubt about it. Okay, let's leave it at that. So Daniel AJ Bryan's Styles gonna go fight the Miz after this. That's fine. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong. This is the toughest one for me. This is a really uh, yeah. tough one. I I'm gonna give this one uh, to NXT here. Wow. I think Roderick right. Strong's going to win this match. Mm, who's he pinning? I think, I think, it, who, uh, I think he's going to pin Shinsuke. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Shinsuke is definitely the weakest running into this. Um, that being said, <sighs> damn. Because both of those guys are going to be fine. Roderick needs this as a sort of pseudo-introduction to the main roster because I think he's, he's not far away from coming up. See, I think Nakamura is pinning strong. Mm, okay, that's what I'll stick with. I think Sammy. I'm, I'm trying to here. find places where NXT can can get a few wins on this main roster, traditionally main roster show, and I think this is one of them. Well, this is this is an opinion I wanted to say for the end of this uh, when you saw everything laid out, but I think NXT got all their wins on SmackDown. Mm, good point. Let's keep Good on point. talking about this, and by yep. the end, I'll give you, I'll get, I'll give you my feedback on the whole thing. Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. Who do you have here? Becky Lynch. I'm taking Bailey. I think she's going to disarm her Bailey. Bailey's going to tap out. See, my problem is I think I think Bailey's going to beat Becky, and I think that's the case because Bailey needs this more than anybody else. Here's the big problem with Survivor Series. This is why Survivor Series always terrifies me because there's the the tension between what they should do. And then what they will do because hashtag WW logic. Right. Um, what they should do is strengthen Bailey here. Becky can eat a loss and it will be fine. Um, especially in a triple threat where both Shayna and Bailey can team up on her and there can be some sort of weird finish where she's protected. Uh, it's Bailey, also triple threat, so no DQ. You can bring in weapons, you've got other outside interference. We could see Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir show up. There's True. all kinds of craziness that could go here, but I think Becky is going to sneak this one out. Bailey could get her kendo on a pole and 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 whip oh, the, that. So, but my point is, is that this is a situation where if you need Bailey to look strong and be a strong heel, this is a situation where you can do it while protecting either Becky or Shayna in the outcome, and you need to have Bailey be a strong heel. Yep. 
So I'm taking Bailey. Also, you know, like we said, she's been kind of the afterthought. That's been the story of the whole thing. So it would be a nice little swerve. Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. And, of course, this match is no holds barred. You don't know. You don't, you know. don't know, Hogan. You don't know where I'll be, Hogan. <laughs> so, uh, uh, rah, rah. Um, Calm down, Zeus. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Brock Lesnar. This is, could this be an upset, Nick? It could be. But it's not gonna be. <laughs> ah. It it's going to tease us for the uh-huh. first four and a half minutes that Rey right. Mysterio could possibly get over <laughs> here, and then Brock's gonna f five him one time, and he's gonna pin him, and it's gonna be all over. Oh. Brock Lesnar. Oh. We've, we've seen this formula for the last three yeah. years. Yeah, it's not just magically gonna change. Right. You all know how this works. It's We've so seen funny, it with Braun Strowman, was... AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and now we're seeing it with Mysterio. We've seen it with everybody. Nobody's done this. Is, this is a situation where if they ever were to have a situation to invert that formula and have Ray win it, it would be now. And the reason you've got, first of all, you have the no-holds-barred stipulation. So you can give Brock an out by saying he was beaten with weapons and outside interference and Dominic can get involved and... Cain Velasquez, if he can, if he's mobile right now, I don't know about his surgery. You know, he can get involved. Whatever you can have, all kinds of outside interference. Lucha House Party can get involved. For all I know, I don't know. Yeah. Umberto Carrillo. All right, you know the whole Latino connection team up on Brock Lesnar because one day, one because back in the day he danced around in a sombrero and made fun of them. All right, could be a whole revenge angle that builds towards Cain Velasquez, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, right? That gives that strength. If Ray takes it off of him now, we know Brock ain't going to be around the next couple of months. I've said this. Yeah. Like, take the title off of him now, give it back to him after Royal Rumble, or even at Royal Rumble, and then have him build towards Cain Velasquez at WrestleMania. Um, to, me, to me, that seems like this is a golden opportunity to keep Brock protected and yet still take the title off of him. Uh, put it on Ray. Give Ray a nice last run. I know Ray is considering whether he's going to, he's got an option coming up, whether he stays with WWE or not. It'd be a huge carrot for Ray and a huge feather in his cap to be the champ one last time. Well, here's what I'll say uh, I just looked it up. As of October 28th, Kane uh, Velasquez had um, was it MCL repair surgery. And, uh, and I quote the doctors the surgical report was. Surgery went well, but there was more damage than anticipated. Turns out the MCL was worse than they thought. They yeah. had to put two anchors on it, so he'll be out a little longer than anticipated because of the amount of damage to the MCL. Let's hope for March, April, or something of that nature. So do I, I, I previously said I think Kane would come out with Ray. I don't think that's happening now. Oh, he's not. Well, yeah. So he's. I, I, you're right. He's not mobile right now. But the idea of let's hope for March, April gives me WrestleMania vibes. Exactly. So how do they but build yeah, for that a, without having him get physical? I don't sure. know. Yeah. Uh, this is a tough one. I'm. Come on, I'm gonna dude. Take Ray. I, yeah. I'm gonna take Ray. I'm gonna take Ray. What? Yep. <laughs> he just gave us an opportunity, guys. Kids, I'm leaving the. I'm leaving my. I did, what did I say at the top of the show? He's rolling the door open and letting that you in. Doors, that door is <laughs> opening wide up. It's opening wide up, kids. Uh, all right. Adam Cole versus question mark. <laughs> this is a, a hard one to pick. Let's say let's 
take whoever your pick is that's going to be in this match. Pete Dunn, Kevin Owens, John Morrison, whatever. Sure. I whoever took, it I, is. I took Pete Dunn. Yeah. So and who, I, who's I, taking it here? Um, oh, God. Again, this is just for this show. We'll obviously be able to alter our picks for the actual pickums that we're doing for the patrons. But right now, based on our current information, Adam Cole versus you say Pete Dunn, I say Pete Dunn, but possibly Kevin Owens. Uh, just generally, who, who, who are we taking here? Adam Cole wins. Adam Cole retains. I'm also picking Cole. He, he just he has to. Um, unless, I mean, but that being said, I could see Kevin Owens taking it from him. And that's why, um, it's got to be somebody big enough, uh, with a big enough of a presence to be able to supplant Adam Cole as the champion. Are you saying solid Pete Dunn for who, uh, for the number one contender match? Saturday okay, tonight? How about, uh, sorry, my plus one here is, does he face the winner of triple threat or is there a new challenger? Are they going to swerve us basically? I think the only the only swerve would be if there was a fourth that came into that number one contender match and they made it a fatal four way instead of a triple threat. Fine. Do you think he's facing someone other than the three that are currently advertised? Is my question. As everything in my gut tells me now, no. Okay. I don't think so. I'm I'm being insane and saying yes. Yeah. Uh, because hashtag Ian booking. This always works out so well for me whenever I get down my little rabbit hole of of, of booking, doesn't it? Yeah, like the, it's always the times I'm most vulnerable because I start convincing myself of crazy shit. <sighs> you rub off on me, Nick, and then what happens? Phrasing things Hashtag go phrasing. sideways. Hello, hello. Women's Survivor Series match: Raw, represented by Charlotte, Natalia, Oscar, Kyrie, Sane, and Sarah Logan. SmackDown, represented by Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, Dana Brooke, and Carmella. And NXT, represented by Rhea Ripley. And maybe Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, and Tony Storm? We don't know. Uh, who's winning the Women's Survivor Series triple threat match? I had originally picked Shayna Baszler to win the women's triple threat. And the reason I changed that to Becky is because I'm going to pick Team NXT here to win okay. the Women's Survivor Series match. Even though they did pick up a win on SmackDown? Uh, yes. Okay. I understand that. All right. Because Charlotte I, was I don't follow your, your logic. That's not an if-then-else for me. I okay. know it is for you. It's it's not always, but this year I'm I'm really seeing it, and I'll tell you why after we pick the men's Survivor Series match with Raw represented by Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Randy Kennedy, Kenneth Callenback, Orton, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre. SmackDown is Roman Reigns, Corbin, Ali, Gable, and Strowman, and NXT is whoever survives the War Games match, basically, uh, to be determined. Uh, who do you have here? Team SmackDown. Team SmackDown. Even Roman though they Cor have Roman, Corbin, Strowman, it, it's. It, that just that's what's drawing me in. I'm also picking SmackDown. And if you'll notice, I picked SmackDown across the board. If you remember last year, Raw swept SmackDown. And one of the things I said then was it makes sense because they're going to give SmackDown the sweep next year because they're going to be on Fox at that time and they're going to want to make them look strong. NXT has looked strong for this entire week. They've held their own. They've looked like a cool brand. Uh, and they'll probably have some big spots across the show. And if there was one place I could see NXT picking it up, it'd be the uh, like Roderick Strong picking it up. Um, I could see uh, possibly Shayna Baszler picking up the women's match. Same. Pinning Bailey. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'm picking Becky, but I wouldn't be surprised if Shayna picked it up as well. And this is just some hints into my mind as far as my confidence points where they're going. Yeah. yeah. But I think 
SmackDown's sweeping this year as a revenge, even though they haven't said that explicitly on commentary as being part of their thought process. They've been so they haven't busy brought up the fact that Raw swept last swept. year, have they? No, they haven't. Yeah, and if that were more of a talking point, I would really be really be driving into this Me right too. now. I'm not that confident in it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it just because I'm out of my mind, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe Butters I in the am chat insane. says 15 people on the ring apron. It's gonna look like a lumberjack match. That, that's a good point. Yep, it's gonna be <laughs> madness. Uh, but I am picking SmackDown across the board. All across right. The- and there's, uh, well, there you go, so, patrons. There's a hint into the, the mind of what Surrey and Dangerous is yeah, picking. Yeah. Well, it may cha- that may change depending on what I see in the next uh, 24 hours as far as my patrons pick them. Yeah. But as far as you and me, Nick, I've left my back door wide open. Hashtag, Hashtag phrasing. phrasing. All right. So, Nick, that is it for our Survivor Series pick But wait, yes. <laughs> there's more. There's still more somehow, Nick. We have to go over and talk about, really quickly, New Japan. So we've got just a couple of minutes to give you guys an update on what's going on in the World Tag League over in New Japan. Ian, take it away. Yeah, this is just going to be a quick like rundown. <laughs> rundown. By the way, this is going on. Okay, we got to do our other shows. Uh, the Tag League is continuing to go on. There was a show last night. There's a show tonight. Good luck squeezing that in amongst all the rest of your wrestling. Holy crap. But it's been a lot of fun. And it's all over the place. Remember the last time we talked about this? Like, there were people in first that that we were completely shocked by. Well, it's still shocking. David Finlay and Juice Robinson are out in front with 10 points. 10 points! But they've had two more matches than people in the second place, like Evil and Sonata, who are at 4-0 with 8 points, and Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi, who have 8 points as well, at 4-1. So... That it's still wide open. Yeah. Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, who are the champs, are only at six points, and they've only had four matches. So they could also have a comeback and be able to pick their own challengers at Wrestle Kingdom. Toriyano and Colt Cabana, who boom, were boom. out in front last time we talked, they dropped their two matches since the last time we were on a show, and they're now at three and two with six points. Kenta Yujiro Takahashi at six points as well, three and two. Togi Makabe, Tomoaki Hanma, are starting to put people over, as I said they would, at 3-3 three and three with 6 points. Jeff Cobb, Mikey Nichols, right where I expected they'd be in the middle of the pack, 6 points, so 3-3. Three and three. And Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima actually won a couple. They have 6 points nice. at 3-3. Three and three. Suzuki and Archer are putting people over in a big way, 4 points at 2-3. and three. Uh, doesn't, Not surprising. If, so, if Suzuki is heading out, he's putting people over on the way. Uh, Goto and Carl Fredericks are looking awesome, but losing lots of matches. Four points at two and three. Uh, Tanahashi and Hanare. No surprise here. Hanare's eating all kinds of pins. And Tanahashi's just having fun. Four points with two and four. Shingo Takagi and El Terrible. Guess who's eating pins here? Four points at two and four. Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi, shockingly, at four points at two and four. For the two guys who might be taking over Suzuki Gun, that's not looking good. No. And uh, at two points... Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Yuji Nagata, and Manabu Nakanishi. So that is the tag league right now. It's still all kinds of open at the top. Are you seeing anyone who you think is going to possibly uh, take this from, from where the points are now? I think the Gorillas of Destiny could potentially go on a run and just supplant everybody and just retain everything. Yeah, but then who do they challenge? I don't know. I don't know. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know there's another... I mean, you really see the loss of the Elite at this point where there's you no do. real, like... Top tag team other than the Gorillas of Destiny right now. I mean, Evil and Sonata, 
could potentially. But do they're it. always it's always evil in Sonata versus. And they just Death never they never somebody. land the plane. They never see they it always, all the way through. They do, and then they flip them around. They don't like evil in Sonata. Who cares if they're tag champs again? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was the Killer Elite Squad versus them, or Tama Tonga Tonga Loa versus them. Like evil and Sonata are kind of the de rigueur heavyweight tag champs when they can't figure out anybody else to put it on. So mm-hmm. I'd be I'll be so bored if Evil and Sonata win this one again. Yep. So and that is New Japan, Nick. Well, guys, there's our show. Oh no, wait, we're not done yet. We've got no time left, but we've still got to go do the other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Oh my god. I don't know how I'm gonna get through all of this in the time that we have, but NXT you have by 10 the way seconds. with their oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> NXT with their hot shot booking beat AEW for the first time in the ratings. What? NXT won this week. They had a, a 916,000 people watch NXT to only 893,000 watching AEW. So it was uh, only it was narrow. But uh, AEW still crushed NXT in the in the uh, um, uh, the, the demographics. Blah, blah blah blah. Sasha Banks. NXT had a point three in the 18 to 49. AEW had a point three nine. Uh, NXT, however. Still, absolutely, all of that difference is 50 plus. Demolished AEW in the over 50, like by by 10 points in the in the demographic. Like demolished AEW. So old people came back to watch the invasion on NXT. And wow. if you wonder why you get all the insurance commercials and the pharmaceutical <laughs> pills and diabetes and all that stuff, right? There you go. <laughs> Oh, it's so crazy. That's the kind of stats that are just wild. Uh, but here's the thing. That wasn't a regular NXT show. So how are they going to keep this up? Is this just a blip? Yes. But yeah. I, no, they've been floating at eight to 900 for the whole time. So I don't know. Other than Sometimes that opening show of Dynamite, it's been eight, 900-ish. About I think the it's whole dangerous. Time. If you put on that kind of show like the NXT did this week, and then next week it's just going to it's gonna be a recap show from TakeOver. <laughs> Like they're it better I, not be live for two hours. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, what the hell are they going to do? So NXT, I think, has got to, uh, they got their work to do. Uh, man, I have no idea how I'm going to cover this in the time that we have left. Ring of Honor. Oh man, my God, my God. This this is such a major thing. I could do a whole show just on the stuff that's been going on. Kelly Klein, the Ring of Honor Women's Champion who, if you remember recently, Joey Mercury was let go by Ring of Honor and then went on a Twitter tirade talking about the policies over there and how poorly it's being run ever since they got bought off by Sinclair. And you've got Greg Gilliland uh, as the GM who's not a wrestling guy and is just doesn't know how to, how to work it and is being terrible. Uh, Kelly Klein spoke out in support of Joey Mercury saying, yes, I too want to see this place get better. That's all she said. She didn't say, I hate this place. She didn't say that she was uh, had issues with management. All she said was, I would like to see things improve as well, and I'd like to work towards making that happen. Well, Ring of Honor came out and said, essentially, well, you know what? By doing that, by putting that out there, you're actually sub, you know, undercutting our company. You're, you're giving information to the enemy, and so as a result, we're not going to renew your contract when your contract's up at the end of the year. Basically, They're you're women's fired. champ. Also, she's... she's out with a concussion right now. She suffered while working Ring of Honor that was untreated because they have no medical staff at ringside. Which is also one of the issues that Joey Mercury brought up. Uh, in addition, I mean, this is such this is so deep. I could go into this forever. Um, 
there's a whole Newsweek article I posted in Facebook. Uh, if you read that article, there's actually a text thread that Greg Gilliland had uh, with one of the reporters that he were, and, and also an email that he sent to Kelly Klein. In the uh, the text, <laughs> he said that he forgot to renew Maria Manick's contract, but then within the same breath, like within the same page on the text, he said that if if talent wants to be renewed, they'll come to him, which I don't think it's how it works ever anywhere. No. Um, and he also said he doesn't believe that anyone's working for him as a draw. So he's blaming the talent for their horrible numbers. Uh, in addition, in that email to Kelly Klein, he also said something to the effect of when it came to the, the pay negotiations that he's keeping all the women at parity to see if the division grows and then they can renegotiate, essentially leaving them wide open to a discrimination lawsuit. So uh, my God, Ring of Honor is in all kinds of trouble. And again, I wish I had more time to get into this. This is just, I'm skimming the surface on this. I've been a fan uh, of Kelly for some time. I was really excited to see her get the Women of Honor Championship. Uh, it was a year or so, I think about a year ago now. And, yeah, you were. Remember that. Yeah, uh, I, I reached out to her, sent her an email. Kelly, if you happen to see this, we'd love to chat with you. Um, you know, clear the air, get your story out, all that kind of stuff. So I'd, I'd love to just chat, just rap with you about what's going on in Ring of Honor right now because we've yeah. been talking about Ring of Honor pretty negatively for about the last six months or so, and there's not been a lot of bright lights coming out of it, and this just amplified uh, what's been going on. So I, I would love to, if Joey or Kelly happens to hear this, I would love to chat with either one of them. Begrudgingly negatively, I might add. Like yeah. I, I, we, I, I think we all have successful. A, we all have a lot of love for Ring of Honor, what they yes. represent historically. Like We want to see them do well, and it just it does seem from everything that that Joey Mercury and Kelly Klein have released and that has come out, and even from, from some of the company's own words, it's just being horribly mismanaged right now, and that seems to be the the major issues. Uh, you know that they they have still a lot of incredible talent there um, that are still involved with Ring of Honor. There's no reason why these things should be happening. There's no reason why that it, it should feel like it's crumbling the way that it is right now. No. Um, an additional note of, of Ring of Honor, like just an example of things that that, have, that are crazy, how unprofessionally it's being run. Remember back when they had that that show with New Japan at Madison Square Garden that ended yeah. up pissing off New Japan, and yeah. New Japan has not wanted to work with them since. Yep. Remember how the Madison was, Square Garden show. Right. Remember how Enzo and Cass did a run in from the audience. Yep. And how it wasn't actually part of the show. <laughs> Apparently, this was something that Ring of Honor planned with Enzo and Cass. Enzo and Cass were interviewed this week. Uh, and apparently, it was something where Enzo and Cass got a call from someone at Sinclair Broadcasting, which is the owner of Ring of Honor. Um, they called Enzo, and they didn't know him and Cass were buddies again at this point. And Enzo was like, yeah, we're both together. So they said, uh, okay, cool. And so we want to do the gig. They were told to, you know, to do what they were going to do, uh, come in at the end of the show, jump in and start a brawl. None of the talent were told. None of the security were told. And after it all went down, Ring of Honor ghosted them. Didn't return their calls. Didn't talk to them about it at all. Didn't try to get, you know, get them to do anything else. Uh, it was eight on two. It was eight dudes on Enzo and Cass. And those eight guys had no idea if this was a work or a shoot. So Enzo and Cass were actually in harm's way doing this. Mm. Only three people in the company knew that this was going down. Um, and they were particularly pissed about this because they they got they were trending 
over other things that were happening that night, like the WWE Hall of Fame, like the NCAA, like the G1, like Bret Hart getting attacked. Enzo Cass were trending higher than that, and they still, no one talked to them after this. They didn't get thanked. Nothing. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Ring of Honor is a hot mess right now, guys, is basically what we're saying. And I'd, I would love to chat with someone that has the inside scoop on what's going on over there. But it's playing itself out on Twitter, which is the thing to do these days, I guess. Yes. So it's it's more like just grab your bucket of popcorn and watch the watch the flames. Hold you know, on I, to your butts. Hold exactly. on to your butts. More exactly. coming as, uh, as this all develops. CM Punk was on backstage this week, as we knew he would be. He raised up their ratings to 180,000, which is pretty pretty solid for FS1. Uh, he said a bunch of stuff, including calling out Seth Rollins for his Twitter, saying, hey, Seth, maybe don't tweet. Something we all can really get behind. No major pipe bombs from the old punk yet, but we'll wait and see what he has to say. There's so much I want to say on this, but we have no time. <laughs> we have no time. Look, trust me, punk will be on there for a while. We'll have yeah. more time later on. We knew this was going to be a long show today, Nick. Uh, Bash at the Beach, you know, you mentioned that that's going to be the next uh, AEW pay-per-view. It may not be. The trademark was rejected. They, we thought they had it last week, but apparently it's too close to Bash, which uh, is a WWE trademark, and so it was rejected uh, for that for some reason. They've reapplied and appealed by saying that there's so many things that are also Bash something, like Bash Brothers and whatever, that are trademarked, yeah. and people can tell the difference. So they should, I, I imagine they will get Bash at the Beach by the time they need it to promote that show. ACH was officially released by WWE after everything that went down with the T-shirt and the cries of racism and the rest of it. They said, fine, you went out, you're gone, we don't want you here either. Yeah. Uh, not terribly surprising. He also tweeted online to Big Swole, who is Cedric Alexander's wife, when she said, hey man, you know, feel better and good luck. Uh, he said, don't worry, I'm going to save your husband too. Basically saying that he wants to save Cedric Alexander, for whatever that means. Um, he's already got some indie dates. ACH will be uh, versus Chandler Chandler Hopkins in San Antonio, Texas for Heavy Metal Wrestling. He's also got a date in uh, Atlanta, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment on December 1st, and Pro Wrestling Revolver on December 27th. Mm. June Kasai. June Kasai. If you like death matches, you know Jun Kasai. Guy has yeah. been destroying his body for, God, two decades now. He's going on an indefinite hiatus after the new year. He's got a couple more dates, and they say he's going to take a break. And if there's a guy who deserves it, it's him. I think it's smart of him not to say he's going to retire because we know that's never how it works in wrestling. Yeah. But an indefinite hiatus. Jun, go heal up, dude. Yeah, it's a sabbatical. Please. It's a sabbatical, indefinite sabbatical. Guy is tore up but he's also one of the greatest of all time. Filthy Tom Lawler has re-signed with MLW, but he still will be able to work indie dates, uh, but he won't be controlled by MLW like Jacob Fatu is, but yet he's exclusive to MLW. This was all kind of convoluted, the article that I got about this. All I know is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tom Lawler re-signed with MLW. He's going to continue to work there, but you can still see him at some other indie shows as well. Okay. And finally, there's no 205 Live this week. Because they guess they, they had that brawl and they had to run the brawl instead of doing 205 Live. Leo Rush tweeted out that he thinks that that division deserves better. Can't say I disagree with him. But at the same time, it looks like they're going to be getting a little bit more of prestige on NXT. Uh, although it's we happening. are having... We are, we are, the cruiserweight, only cruiserweight match this whole weekend is happening on the pre-show of TakeOver, which is happening in just a couple of hours. So, Nick, that is the news. 
Oh my God, we made it, guys. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thank you, Surrey and Dangerous, for all of those updates and all of that news. I appreciate it. We appreciate it here in the BWO universe. And thank you. Shout out to everybody in the chat for hanging out with us live today right here on YouTube, where we stream at youtube.com slash busted wide open every Tuesday at 8 p.m. and every Saturday at 3 p.m. You definitely want to be in our Facebook discussion group. So head over to Facebook, uh, search for busted wide open like our page, and send a join request to get into the group because that is where you're going to find links to our Discord community and where all of the action is going to be happening tonight for TakeOver uh, War Games as well as Survivor Series tomorrow and more and more beyond. So make sure you get signed up for those two things to engage with the phenomenal ones, the rest of the busted wide open universe. We all hang out but either in Facebook or or in Discord during shows. So make sure you sign up for all that stuff, and make sure you subscribe to us here on YouTube where we are streaming, because we're on the race to 1,000 subscribers. You can see the little ticker down in the bottom left. We got about a month left trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. Make sure you tell all your friends, because we might have a special treat for you if, uh, if, you're, do if you're doing that. Uh, we also have our patrons. Thank you guys very much for being as amazing as you are. Uh, we got some new folks showing up and joining the phenomenal ones for our patron pick'ems challenge that is happening Ooh. for Survivor Series oh, tomorrow, God. round four we, in 2019. It all ends here. Andy Jessup, the two-time reigning undisputed champion, is defending. No, no, no. He just what? wanted a SummerSlam. Well, he did have the challenge with Jacob Uhas ad hoc that called him out, and he put his title on the line. He defended his championship. He, he defended, defended his championship. championship. Okay. Gotcha. Right, right. So he is putting his title on the line tomorrow night at Survivor Series for the BWO Patron Pick'ems Challenge. If you want to get in on that, you head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for at least the $5 tier. Uh, and we will be posting, you will be able to see immediately the uh, worksheet where you put in your bets and your picks, right? Your confidence bets, your points. Uh, but don't submit those until at least beyond takeover tonight because we are, there's some things that could change. We want to make sure that everybody had at least a worksheet that they could start formulating their picks and everything. But you have until 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow to get those in to me. BWO at orbitaljigsaw.com. All the instructions are right there on Patreon. Yes, I will be including a copy of the sheet in the Facebook community for everybody else so that they can play along too. We want everybody to be a part of this. But if you want to get in on the prizes, the, the prizes and stuff and things, you got to get into patreon.com slash BWO. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Again, streaming right here on YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.